truth is, I am Iron Man. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. Conflict breeds catastrophe. In the hell do you think you are? We're not savages. I take power from the undeserving. It's kind of my thing. And we're back with another episode of Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Toohey. Let's get to it. All right, Noel, we're continuing our extended break from the Spider-Man, more than Spider-Man right now. Spider-Man properties and this time we're going to go back to Disney Plus to watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier starring Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Wyatt Russell, Aaron Kellyman and Daniel Bruhl directed by Carrie Scogland and this is pretty much uh, follows up on the events of the blip and it's a continuation of the, the you know the kind of insular Captain America universe within the greater MCU and uh, were you excited you know you know how it goes were you excited when you heard about it and what did you think about it when you watched it? Well, I, I really, really enjoyed One Division, but One Division seemed like a standalone big concept, yeah. kind of like strain on magic, and yeah. kind of almost it's like psychology to it and stuff like that. While it was definitely followed by Vision's death in in Endgame, or um, it was Infinity sort of, Wars, Infinity Wars, yeah, um, and definitely based, you know, after the blip and all that sort of thing. It didn't feel like a, necessarily a natural sequel of sorts, but this did. This very much so felt like a world without Captain America and a world where there, you know, there was refugees from the blip and it's after causing, you know, all this kind of strife across the political spectrum. And uh, so this kind of felt like the world as it was left after the defeat of Thanos. So this was cool. This was more grounded. This was just kind of like, I, I look around at the world that we, I, I wasn't expecting to see because it's only with TV shows that you can kind of take the time to slow down mm. and look around a little bit. So yeah, no, I was looking forward to it and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And at 25 million an episode, you know that you weren't going to be deprived of, of anything on the spectacular side of it. The opening scene is a huge, huge Falcon scene. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, um, whereas One Division was uh, insular by nature, that it was like all set within uh, Westview. This is like, it takes on and shows you the greater world and how it's reacted to the blip. Like One Division is how uh, Wanda reacted to the events after Thanos, where this is how the world reacted to the events after Thanos. Exactly. And that's a difference. And that's a huge difference. Like, yeah, exactly. That's an absolutely huge difference. And it was... And like Wanda was gone through a lot and it was an interesting story, but this was very much so the powerless were addressed in this. Yeah. The people who had nothing, the people the voiceless. This, the voiceless. And of course the other side of that is one of the senators says in a later episode is what about the people who came back and found that somebody else was living in their home? Yeah. That would be fucking you know, like strange, just, wouldn't it? Oh you know, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's 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 almost a thought exercise. Yeah. You know, you hear have these things, do you kill one, do you save three? And all these kind of thought exercises. This is a, a massive thought exercise, you know, like actually actually put on screen for you. What would you do? Yeah, because they, they kind of touch upon that with uh, Aunt May when she came back from the blip and Spider and Peter Parker, somebody else was living in their apartment. 
I think they touched upon it in Far, Spider-Man Far From Home, the Spider-Man sequel. Did they? they yeah, yeah, I think because they were, yeah, they'd been gone for a few years. Um, but like, I think yeah. So like that. That's obviously uh, once again that was more on a personal level. And this is like, what was that? What was that like for you know three and a half billion people? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, exactly. And and all of a sudden you realize that there's kind of people with godlike powers out there. Like, I mean. Guy, people who make Captain America look like absolutely nothing, you know, like people who make Thor look like nothing even. A guy who can wipe out half the universe and the only reason he didn't wipe out the full universe is because that's not his will. Yeah. It's literally not what he wanted. Yeah, he literally, that's it. He could have wiped out everyone in that moment and there would have been no coming back. He could have wiped out everybody as far back as the Big Bang. They're there with, the only limit to the, the Infinity Globe was his imagination. So imagine feeling in a world where so many people are already in a world. I just can't say it without hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a world where so many people feel helpless that the, the divide between starving in the streets and you know godlike power to change the course of the universe is is just so so huge and this did a good job of kind of almost bringing it down to an action movie kind of level as well yeah and it didn't feel like they dumbed it down necessarily it just felt like they again it's tv shows man they had time yeah it's kind of you know, like, like, it's like an a- action buddy story with political overtones. Exactly. Uh, socioeconomic overtones, racial overtones. Mm. But they didn't, and, and, and they didn't, they did, it was well paced because they did diligence, I, I feel, um, to it. But at the same time, we, we, were, we weren't there necessarily for just a lesson on, on civic, civic discourse. Yeah. We, we were there, like, for the, the, there was a shallow element to it as well. I want to see. You know, I want to see explosions. I want to see the shield get thrown. I want to see, yeah. you know, fights in the sky and stuff. So it kind of, it, it spoke to the, the the kid in me would have been happy with this too. The kid who would have been in the cinema just looking at the screen going, why is nobody fighting? Yeah, you know? it's like... So the, that kid was entertained too. It's like when a kid goes and sits in a Winter Soldier they don't talk about the grey, the green areas in poli- the political overstructure or structure exactly. of the world. Like, you yeah, know I mean? like, like, you know, unfortunately, racism and things like that are learned behaviour. So like, you don't have... A four-year-old sitting there going, "Why are they just talking about Black Captain America? Can somebody just throw the goddamn shield?" You yeah. know, it, it's, it's you know, so it's it does. I, I don't know. It's trying to dip its toes into, into a couple of different kind of narratives, and I think it does a fairly good job of it. I don't think there was any really prolonged part of this that I felt really bored. Yeah, you know, you're never too far from something. Um, except it, like I mean, if if you not to get to the end, but. It, <laughs> The, the whole who's the power broker thing is the <laughs> only <laughs> real big criticism <laughs> I have of this. But uh, like, I think you know, it did a really good job of keeping a similar tone to the Captain America trilogy because in each Captain America movie there is this like little undertones like Captain America 1 it's like what's the it's kind of like the results of propaganda and how it affects people you know that kind of way it's kind of gets uh, Captain America 1 is one big propaganda movie the way it's styled like the old war uh, war propaganda and in, in, Cap- in Captain America 2, it's like this kind of subversive, nearly like political thriller. And in Captain America 3, is like, what, 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 it's kind of all about what is good, what is right, and all about accountability. Is I keep forgetting that wasn't an Avengers movie. Yeah, it's like everybody you know I mean? kind of... I do, I, I do. Every time I'm going through that, oh, what was your favourite? What was your least favourite? The strongest favorite trilogy, part? in my opinion, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going, I mean, God, like, what's it up against? Why has got a trilogy? Iron Man got a trilogy. Thor. There's absolutely no comparison. Thor got a trilogy, and again, there's no comparison. Yeah. There isn't. Not, 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 not if you take all three against all three. No, not, not over the space of five and a half hours. Absolutely no comparison. 
But yeah, the scope of Captain America 3 was so huge. And this reminded me of Captain America 2, to be honest. Yeah. Because again, it had, it did, obviously Captain America 2 didn't dip into the, the racial overtones. Um, but it uh, dealt with the greyness in um, it, 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 in the political world, kind of like, it did, yeah. uh, what is this new world? Because like Steve, uh, it was all about pretty much Steve, who is a very much a person that deals in blacks and whites and how he sees morality. Good is good, bad is bad. And it's yeah. all about him trying to adapt to a world where good is grey and bad is grey. You know what I mean? That's like, what every... all great films are. Like Heath Ledger is probably, you know, in the history books is one of the all-time great um, joke. Well, he is the all-time great joker, but like one of the all-time great Batman. Because the fact of matters, he said some stuff that made sense. Yeah. If you, yeah you're you supposed know? to be like, able to said... you, like, um, relate to the villain if they're any yeah, good. Yeah, like, I mean, you can't put a bomb on a boat full of innocent people and another bomb on a boat full of innocent people. You're like, you, you can't do shit like yeah. that, of course. But there was something about the actual undertone and before it gets to the overtones. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that actually works. And this, this had that in spades. And I think even Thanos had that, that in kind of as well. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to carnage being in the next Venom. I'm looking forward to just psycho with a lot of power. Of course. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I do think a really great villain it's necessarily a saber tooth or a carnage or something. It's somebody who has an agenda of sorts and maybe somebody that they're protecting. Yeah, it's an almost relatable agenda as well. Of course. Of course. I mean, you know... Look at, like, Carly just... Morgenthau, like, just for an example in this, like, to back up your, like, back up your argument, like, when you look at, like, Joker or Thanos, but even in Falcon Winter Soldier and you look at Carly's kind of message, you know what I mean? Like, even though you can say, well... The world might have been better when all these people are gone and all that. Like, so you can understand where she came from because they yeah. touched on it in Endgame. The world had less pollution. There was whales in the Hudson. All this thing because overpopulation. Well, again, don't forget the, the Watchmen. The Watchmen factor when Ozymandias made it look like Doctor Manhattan killed um, New York. Yes, yeah, uh, poor New York. Yeah, <laughs> New York gets it all the time. All the time. <laughs> you know, comets and you know whatever the hell it was those big things and like, and it's not of. it's not a huge city in terms of geographical size no, <laughs> you know what not, I mean no, no. And, uh, but like at the same time the world obviously we're, we're prone to war as a species yeah. so a common enemy an enemy I'm not correct myself the name of the podcast needs to be yeah, a, a common enemy uh, uh, what did I say no I'm going to say I think it was enemy it's like finding Nemo when he's trying to pronounce his home I live in an enemy enemy but uh but uh, yeah, people united in one cause against one foe is a huge is a huge thing that actually you do know is human nature. Yeah, one I mean, people that, was that it, what, actually one work. One people, one world, or one world, one people. Exactly, because yeah. then then something like the West Bank or some something like that just seems small because they've given you a cosmic scale. Yeah, uh, and that's not the way the real world works. This is a fantasy escapism, but it is also a thought. It is like an interesting thought exercise. So. Again, it makes it sound like it was this big high concept thing. After it was also a really, really cool play, like yeah. Falcon flight coming in, fighting Batrock on a plane, and you know, uh, you covered himself with his wings to protect against gunfire yeah. and using his propeller <laughs> to kind of like almost make up for his lack of super soldierness, even early on, yeah. where he was kind of like kicking, propelling himself forward for extra power. He's very one way like suit. He's very oh, actually. That's the thing. He's like an Iron Man. In, that's instead of like flashy kind of tech well compared to Iron Man yeah he's very one with his suit yeah. he uses his suit like the wings of, are like nearly an appendage of his body like exactly he uses them so tactically 
Um, and so it was actually full of that as well. So yeah, I, I'd say that for the, I'm a, I grew up, I'm a horror guy in my adult years, but a kid guy, I was like American Ninja and stuff that yeah. just, so I, 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 I used to like. Do you remember Tree Ninjas, little kids? I do. Thank God, I used to, Rocky, I think was the name of one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> if it's yeah. if it isn't, it is now. Well, welcome <laughs> to, you just got renamed. This is what we do over here. We yeah. rename it. If anyone's ever caught the Quiet Players podcast. We rename people. That's what we do. Yeah, we rename <laughs> people. Yeah, it's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so I grew up just, I was just an action kid. I just loved it, you know. Mm. Uh, so this spoke to the diehard kid in me that watched it every Christmas. And it spoke to the adult in me as well. So I guess uh, One Division was probably a more artistic approach and it was a great, an absolutely great show. But it's probably suited me more. Yeah. Just in, just in that, it just spoke to me more which um, isn't a criticism or a praise. Just to it's jump just, on your point there, I'm sorry for cutting across you, but... Uh, no, go ahead. Um, you, you, the way you said, like, WandaVision was kind of like its own thing and this kind of suited you more. I think this was the exact reason behind Marvel placing this directly after WandaVision. Oh, God, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who've probably never directed, produced, put, put pen to paper for Marvel Universe who are still doing amazing jobs because it's coming out. The actual phases are coming out exactly as they should yeah as in you just there is this very smooth transition and you're right i think one division been thrown on the tail end of this would have been very strange yeah it's better let's than... talk about the world let's talk about the big picture let's talk about the, the the un and let's talk about displaced refugees and now let's talk about one woman and her grief yeah you know who has perfect unbelievable order, power. yeah it would have been it would have been strange yeah like I think that's what Marvel do. They're they're very gifted at doing that. They're like, let's try something a little bold, something a little different, and then straight away after that, they'll give you something that you they know you love, and they know you want. You know, like because like One Division was the new the sitcom based in this like nearly alternate world. That's you know all One Division's creation, and then straight away after you have your action political buddy cop kind of story that they have buddy cop you know what I mean yeah. Um, and if you look back at Captain America Winter Soldier even though it had this big political thriller over arc and tone to it, it's still in the very realm. It had Sam and Steve, Steve making his first friend since he's become unfrozen, pretty much. It's all about him making his first friend. It's kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and this in the, in the other way, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Bucky making his first new friend. You know what I mean? Like, in a lot of, that's the way Sam's like, obviously very likable. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like, and obviously there was, you know, like the three amigos, I guess would have been um, Steve Rogers. Have been the connecting factor, like book uh, the mutual Bucky, friend, yeah. Bucky, he's original sidekick, and Falcon, he's more later years sidekick, you know. And um, somebody they both really, really looked up to, but the two of them were never really, yeah, they were never really allies in a big sense. So, yeah, it did. It is a, it is a buddy film, like a little bit of standby me thrown into the political <laughs> commentary, thrown into the Marvel universe. It's just you know? the best way to do a movie because it literally. You guys want to go see a body in Madripoor? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but what's called so like so we talked about um, the political parts, the the racial overtones, and the political overtones. And uh, we talked about the message that Falcon Winter Soldier was trying to tell on a broad scale. But like, I think what I want to ask you next is, when you look at TV series and your expectations, what did you make, if you touched upon it earlier, what did you make of the big opening? It had a lot of Winter Soldier about it to me, like the way Captain America went to the ship to rescue hostages. 
off the coast and he even fought jumped the same, off a plane yeah, out of parachute exactly yeah. yeah he even fought the same enemies of Bartok is a Batrock sorry Batrock yeah, yeah he even fought the same enemy so what did you make of the opening did it whet your appetite nicely for the rest of the show oh absolutely massively and it was no more or less than I expected I knew they were going to go big or go home you know yeah catch your attention as well absolutely because all of a sudden they were because uh, as you can tell by the totality of the story it gets grounded it, it, uh, there's a scene where falcon is in a bank looking for a loan yeah you know what i mean <laughs> because there's like, still people know. they're super people but there's still people yeah. you know <laughs> so that he can keep a boat yeah he's keep his house he, as well isn't yeah it? that his sister is trying to sell it's because his parents you know the, these parents did they have a lot of history in that boat they went out there that's that's their family it's hard to part him and blah 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 and this seems and then you realize that you were literally watching him like fight a french terrorist on a plane the reason he got on the plane you ask i'm glad you asked yeah it's because he has a helicopter like, yeah because he has yeah like super powered wings kind of like tony stark level technology and um yeah so it it, it did need to for us for me for us kind of frothing at the mouth for some action kind of guys um they needed to give us something a big stake yeah so you know like and then then they can then they can slow it down and that's absolutely fine so yeah i knew it was going to be a big opening but i did but at the same time it's not didn't mean it was going to be a good one and it was yeah. it was a cool opening yeah and no, it was a really cool action sequence and i think they had the mindset that like we're going to do one division as a bit of a slow burn so this one has to get to it and it's only six episodes as well whereas like yeah. if you look at one division that had nine <laughs> nine episodes to play with although the episodes themselves were shorter in length they still had nine episodes to play with where you can waste one or two episodes as world building. Whereas this is like, you know, the world of Captain America, these are the guys and this is what they're up to. Mm. It's not kind of what, it's kind of what it was. It's like, this is what Falcon's up to now. And they just kind of went straight into it nicely. You yeah. know what I mean? He's back from and the And this place. wasn't twist and turns the way One Division was. One Division was very like, you know, one day, what are they doing to you? You're coming in on the radio and everything's black and white and then suddenly it's the 70s and suddenly it's the 80s and it's Malcolm in the middle. You said high concept. Family high concept you know so this was definitely more it wasn't trying like don't get me wrong i wasn't was trying to not reveal its hand too early but at the same time it wasn't twists and turns it was it was a story of two people existing in the world although existing in a obviously superhero level of it but at the same time there was a groundedness as well because uh winter soldier was living kind of amongst the family of his victims even yeah like he was torturing himself but he didn't have the balls to just own up to it yeah so yeah, it did. It, it painted a. It was good for them because I liked the characters, and they never obviously they weren't like forefront Avengers. They weren't the Hulk, you know. They weren't um, Captain America, Iron Man. But it, it gave them all of a sudden they had three dimensions. He had a sister. Sam had a sister, and he had nephews, and he had financial problems. Yeah, and you know, so yeah, it was it was good. It was good because I cared. They managed to make me care. And when you care about a character, you have patience with them. And you, and if you don't, you just want the. You just want the eye candy and that's just explosions and fights. Do you like the Marvel habit of um, promoting from within? Oh, God, yeah. Because like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because you have, um, you know, Falcon going from being... Pretty much you have two sidekicks and now they're kind of taking center stage. You know what I mean? With, yeah. With obviously absolutely. Anthony Mackie being more the lead, you know, because his name is first. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's generally like the lead is the guy on the left. It's like it's like yeah. a fight. Whoever gets billed first is the is the lead, you know? The original, the original title was Falcon and Falcon Friend. Yeah, <laughs> Falcon and Associate. <laughs> um, but um, so, like, what what did you make of like 
were you happy to see that like these characters that we got to know a little bit of through the Captain America movies? Are you happy to see them getting their own show, getting a chance to learn more yeah. about them and seeing what way they develop as characters going forward? Yeah, exactly. I, I would like maybe if they delve more into like the absolute like mind fuck that would be Bucky Barnes's life. Yeah. I don't think they did like the, the biggest, the, the, the greatest job. Now, don't get me wrong, there was a limited amount of time. Well, and the time they did have, they obviously needed to cover, you know, they needed to put on a lot of hats during that time. But uh, I would like to see more of the absolute clusterfuck. I know he had a therapist, he had a book, he had like, you know, social anxieties and stuff like that. But the guy was a brainwashed killer for hire for 60 years. Yeah. 70 years yeah, I think he says later on he, he's been fighting wars for the past 90 years yeah I think he's 106 or something yeah. isn't he yeah you know he's um, so yes so, so I, I, the mind fuckiness of that I would have loved them to really delve into he killed Tony Stark's parents yeah you know he's been he's been murdering people influential people across the globe and while he couldn't control his actions it would still be there was still it did touch upon a sense of weakness that he feels yeah. because he can remember the actions. Yeah. So it's not like he was blackout drunk or something and did something bad and feels bad. He didn't. He had no control over it, but unfortunately he has the memory of it. So I, I would have loved, I, I would have almost, I would have watched a show about that, to be honest with you. What, you mean him as a singular character? Oh, I would have. Absolutely. Like, him as a singular character and just dive into that. I would have watched it. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they put it in together. They're trying to move forward. They're not, they're not like resting on the laurels. That's great. But I'm just saying, yeah, I think the, the Winter Soldier was such an epically introduced character, the, the, the forgotten sidekick of, of, um, of Captain America, who ends up fighting Captain America. And I told you this already, but the second Captain America was my favorite of the Marvel films. Yeah, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, because Winter I, Soldier, I just loved it. So, yeah, I would have. And it was so impressive that Marvel went and gave the Russo brothers the reins over the Avengers movies going forward and Civil Captain and Captain America Civil War. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it didn't just impress the fan base; it obviously impressed everybody. You know, what I mean? it's such a strong movie. Like, it's like nearly it's nearly unanimous in everybody's top five MCU movies. Like, I don't yeah. know anybody that didn't like that movie. And if you didn't like yeah, it, I, I, you're entitled to your opinion and you're wrong. Yeah. You're entitled to your opinion. yeah. Like, I don't think you should legally not be allowed to have that. Movie, <laughs> but, like, some sanctions in place. I think there should uh, be an accord, like a Sokovian <laughs> accord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just a great film. So, again, I, 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 it, for me, it's never, you know, it's the whole Batman Superman thing. It's not, I don't get me wrong, I thought it was great when Superman was fighting Zod through the city, but it's not. It's execution, and it's just if you're into it. Yeah. And I loved, I loved the kind of on the streets kind of battle more than I liked. Uh, Captain Marvel taking on, you know, an army of Shi'ar or whatever it was in space. I, I just didn't do it for me. Shatari, I think, or so. Is it? Something like I'm going to go with, I think it's, I thought it was, anyway, the Ronan the Accuser. I think it's like uh, C-H-I apostrophe T-A-R-I or something like that. It's not C-H-I apostrophe I-A-R. Shit. and I-R. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We used to move I thought the second film was just such a good action movie. And this, um, this probably took most of its. I think it took most yeah, of its Chitari, uh, from that. Chita- right. And we both spelled That's it wrong. Corrected. We both spelled it wrong. It's C H I T A U R I. So close, but yet so far on both fronts. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as, as two white guys, we were uh, on the far side of the planet. We're definitely just doing the task. But what did you think of the kind of touch into the. Uh, racial divide that seems to exist in the current culture and the idea you know that they'll further touch upon about a black Captain America or a forgotten soldier as they touched upon early on um, 
my opinion is that whatever the most general consensus opinion is most is my opinion. I love um uh that we're not playing softball tonight. That's a nice hardball question. <laughs> You couldn't possibly critique something yeah. if you start touching upon it because it is a huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I always consider myself brave, for, so I, I'll, uh, I'll go for this one, I guess. But um, no, I understand what they're doing. It makes a lot of sense because right, Steve Rogers is the perfect representation of this idea, this idealistic view we have of the golden generation. The generation that represented good, that faced evil and conquered the Nazis and the axis of evil and all this stuff. And he's the perfect representation in that as the, you know, the pin boy or the poster boy, sorry, for the golden generation. Steve Rogers is the perfect uh, representation of this. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Blonde hair, I don't have blue eyes. Yeah, but you know, it's like, it's this perfect representation of what we, uh, the um, idealized version of the golden generation. But I think with Anthony Mackie, and if you look at America, it's obviously a more diverse culture now. Far more people from different races live. It's not melting pot. Yeah, like, yeah cu- cultural melting pot, and it's like it's what it was based on. It was like it's what made America such a, you know, a special or intriguing experiment. And if you look at nowadays, um, people want to be represented, and like a lot of people who feel like they haven't been represented in this kind of world. Look at the reaction to Black Panther, and you can see that there is a voice out there that felt like they weren't being represented, and the change in face and change in times of America and as a people and a population. I think now is the perfect time to have a change in face, a di- different race, a different culture, or whatever. Yeah, represent. Not when is it? Yeah, exactly. So this year. Um, so to me, I think time, the the story they're trying to say is it's not about black and white. It's about red, white, and blue. You're an American. Yeah, I'm an yeah. American. He's an American. They're an American. I think that's the story they were trying to say. Yeah, he does say there. Yeah. It was I'll be damned if somebody tells me I can't fight for. You know, and I, mean? I did as well. Every, like I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and actually think as well as that fair play to you. But I, all, I think it's like another simplistic view. Is like what's name this Steve Rogers wasn't supposed to be this perfect representation. He was the only representation. He was like that's mm. all Captain America could have been. I just think when you think He's a of blonde, blue-eyed, good-looking, you know, well, he was like he was just a skinny dude. I just think that like when he yeah. became Captain America, that when we look back at the people that won World War Two. That we see them as good versus evil. And that's the whole. That's what he represented. Steve Rogers, Captain America, was good conquering evil. You know, the Red Skull was his manifestation of what the Nazi, you know, cruelty had, that they had in beside them or whatever in, inside of them. And you look at the world now; it's more diverse. It's totally different. It's a modern age, so you need a modern captain. When you look back, it's great. Steve Rogers is the perfect representation of the era that he represents. And I think Anthony Mackie and Sam Wilson is the perfect representation of the era he represents. Yes, and don't forget that the, like this, uh, people are all, people, a lot of people are kind of firing off, going, "Oh, this is just you know the woke mob and stuff like that." And today, I say, "Fuck off, look." They, 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 yeah, uh, Falcon was always, always since his inception, a huge kind of uh, sidekick, follower, believer, patriot in the kind of the Captain America ethos trained and passionate and he like i mean just look if you looked at the roster and go who do you think should have taken up the mantle he was the most obvious choice he he was captain america in the comic books yeah Sam exactly Wilson he already was. Bucky, yeah it's, it's like it's not only is it source yeah exactly yeah you bet me to the punch it's like not only it's not about black white yellow pink orange fucking whatever color in the rainbow under the sun it's not about whatever color you want to paint someone as it's 
true to the source material and that's more important than anything yeah. <laughs> you know what that I mean is more important <laughs> you know what oh, I mean yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, oh, like we're all nerds so- here this is what we see we don't see people's races we see is it true to the source material <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's and again I don't like I don't want to delve into this too long because again I, as I said to you before we started recording I said we're pasty ass white guys on the other side of the world yeah but, but everyone's uh, entitled I, I, to their own opinion exactly everyone's entitled to their own opinion and I think I, I actually just think Sam, yeah, the, the actor, I think the character, and I think again, like you said, like it needs it's canon. Um yeah. it was just it was just the logical choice for me. And of course there's going to be kind of political overtones to it because of course there is. Yeah, because people are assholes. Because people are assholes, of course. Pick up a fucking comic book, people, and you'll understand that Marvel are staying true to the source material that you say you love. Like to see themselves represented. Just don't just that. Yeah. You just accept that much. It's like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, as in, don't get me wrong. Me sitting here, white dude. Don't, I, I guess I suppose I'll just have to get by with Spider Man, Iron Man, Superman, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman, Even most go- of the Green Lanterns. Yeah, Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like, the, like all three. For, yeah, Thor. Like, yeah. Uh, Loki as well. If you know, do you want to get anti hero? Uh, yeah, because you have to look at the world. Hawkeye. The world is changing and everybody should be represented. Uh-huh. Like Marvel, it's called the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not called Marvel MCW. Cinematic. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like this, like, let's hire white guys. You know, it's like they yeah. want to represent everybody. That where they're, Like, people won't complain if a green-skinned alien shows up. Yeah. Uh, but if there's a, a black guy wearing, I'm sorry, a person of color or whatever, wearing a, a fucking costume, they're like, oh, he's not my Captain America. Good, you had your Captain America if that's the way you look yeah, at it. Exactly. Now it's their turn to have their Captain America. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he has to represent everybody. And if everybody can't be represented at one time, everybody should get their turn to being represented, I guess. You know, no, that's Absolutely. the fairest way too. Like, you know what I mean? I just, like, I mean, there was a great joke, and I think it was an American Dad episode where uh, Stan, the main character, you know, he's a real, like, you know, traditional meat and potatoes kind of character. And, meets this other kind of guy and they're exactly the same when he stands a Christian and he's a sadist. But before he finds that out, he's just like, he goes, you know what I hate? I hate the fact that we don't have all, remember we used to have all the power? Now we've only got like 80% or 90% of the power. I hate that we only have 90% of the power. And that's what, I think that's what any uproar I've seen over this just makes me think of. And I'm just like, oh my God, we have Batman and Superman and Spider-Man and Batman and Iron Man. Damn the fuck. Yeah, and it's not like it, it, they put a weak ass character or a weak ass actor in the And role. if they put a weak ass character in there, well, well, I would have had a problem with it because it's a weak ass character. Yeah, and it's that's not also about not race. something it's that about just, the character. Yeah, absolutely. You know I, mean? I don't get like we. I watched Mortal Kombat there recently, and I think Raiden <laughs> was the worst thing I ever seen. Like, oh my god, that film was extremely disappointing, and at the same time met all the expectations. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that, that's a Schrodinger film, all right, for damn sure. We we talked about all the different things, like we talked about um, uh, Bucky, his relationship, and you know uh, Sam's relationship with Captain America, and the racial, um, you know, overtones and the political overtones of this movie, but or sorry, this TV series. But like uh, one thing that's definitely kind of encapsulates all those different things in a lot of ways, apart from the relationship with uh, Captain America, is the Flag Smashers, and that, that's they're led off uh, led by um, Aaron Kellyman, who plays didn't have to look, um, uh, who's playing Carly Morgenthau, who is uh, uh, in the comic books, and I only knew this today, so I'm not going to lie. But in the comic books, 
Flag Smasher was a character named Carl Morgenthau, so they obviously, you know, changed that around a little bit, but it means nothing to me because I didn't have any history with the character before. But what do you think of Carly Morgenthau as a villain? What do you think of the, the Flag Smashers kind of as like, a, you know, a secret organization? And what do you think of the message and the reasons behind her actions and stuff like uh, that? First off, it was a great introduction. There was super serums um, that they were kind of sent in to try and get their hands on, get into the back of a truck, and there's a scared girl. So I thought yeah. that was... I actually forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so there's this scared... And she is, and she walks out, and she's got, she's got red hair and freckles, and she's, you know, she's kind of dressed as if she's struggling or whatever. You know, she's got, like, a brown jacket. Yeah, and she, kind of Because she plays like a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. She kind of got tattered, somewhat tattered clothing and stuff like that. And is it... Then they're saying, who, who's in the truck with her? Is it, is it the Winter Soldier or Falcon? Yeah, so this is a scene I actually had a little bit of um, an issue with, unless it was uh, obviously an, uh, a plan all along to lure them in because he runs around. There's pretty much just uh, two articulated lorries. They load up all these supplies. We find out that there's like eight people in them. The eight persons that you touched on is uh, is a hostage, they think. So two two articulated trucks full of supplies will drive up the road and uh, Winter so Falcon and the Winter Soldier give chase, right? So Winter Soldier goes right around uh, Bucky, like goes right around the, uh, the, 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 the truck at the back. They can clearly see him opening the doors and stuff. Yeah. And, like, oh, and there's did, no... Yeah, we did me and Sheila you know I mean? this conversation. I'm just like, so the yeah. other guys are just... Uh, with, uh, <laughs> they're just okay with yeah, this. Yeah, I, I remember the, <laughs> the drivers of the second truck were like, "Don't you think we should?" And guy, listen, this is a truck A problem. This isn't a truck B problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine it's like it's like it's like what about one word one people? Uh, didn't mention that about yeah, trucks. Didn't mention anything about trucks. Not about trucks. <laughs> These are sovereign trucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, he wanted to drive in the front. He was giving me up <laughs> all day long about it. <laughs> uh, who was it that got in the truck though? Was it, it was but was, uh, was Bucky? Yeah, and uh, yeah. all of a sudden this, the, the girl she just kind of gets a bit of a cheeky smile on her face, and then cool, you know, super bunch right through the windshield of the second truck. How's that for not for not helping out second truck? <laughs> now you've got a yeah, super no, soldier thrown through your window. Yeah. It's a good introduction as well, and I love the juxtaposition of a young girl that looks like. No, I don't want to say frail, but you know, it doesn't look like. Uh, oh, well, she, well, she put on that. She put on that persona for a second. You know, like she came out from behind yeah. the boxes, and you realize she's actually a super soldier standing guard, as opposed to a yeah, victim, yeah. one one hostage in the back of a, of a truck. So I, I thought it was cool because you know, whatever you do have this idea in your head of of the bag, especially if you're going to be really strong, nimble kind of guys, you're going to be like big, huge Hulk. Hulkling guys like and um mm. she she was just quite quite petite and then like I didn't I didn't take her for the, the, the leader because you just thought that she was so young. So yeah you thought she was going to be just a character a surprise character for an action scene. And um I, I think I think that might be a thing about Carly Morgenthau and this that everybody the underest everybody underestimates or even the viewers, yeah, you know, actually, the audience at a time. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, you think that she's even just you think she's in a reactionary, she's angry, she's a terrorist, she's lashing out at the world, which at times is obviously true. There's an awful lot of anger. Yeah. A, As it goes further yeah, along, because more and more loss. She has a belief system. Yeah. She's, she has a code. She has a code. You know, uh, she can be talked to. Um, so yeah, I, I think she's an excellent character. So I'm so happy for the woman that played her A, because just you know what, what, what a boon for her career at such a young age. She was in Solo. She was in Solo, was she? Yeah, um, she. If you've ever seen Solo, I don't want to give it away who she is, and if nobody's seen it, because it's going to like a, a nice reveal. But um, yeah, she's in Solo, and I, I won't tell you the character she plays because you know 
It's a review. Um, but yeah, I was I was happy for her because hey, she just she comes across quite likable straight away. You know, she she, she, she you could tell she bought a little bit of um, shoulder grease into the into the role. I, I you know yeah, she, no, she's really good. She just felt there was a struggle. Really there was a pain there to her to her character. Mm. You know. And then it was that was just a cool scene. Uh, they did a good job, kind of having scenes that speak to Falcon's skill set, then scenes that fit to uh, Bucky's skill set, and obviously, yeah. you know, getting punched hard enough to knock you fifty feet backwards through a window or whatever is definitely a Bucky skill set. And there's a cool fight on the uh, roof of the of of Truck B. Uh, mm. So yeah, really, really good introduction, and uh, they were kind of alluded to earlier on. But this is yeah. they, they arrived. Excuse me. Oh no! You see one scene of them, and the guy, the guy uh, robs so robs robs a place, and he nearly kills Torres. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I thought um, that dude yeah. was going to be the leader because he was just so big and foreboding, and, yeah. and obviously a super soldier. He was able to rip, um, you know, he was in what was it, one of those um, traffic kind thingies uh, out of the ground and like a bollard, yeah, or like a bollard, like a cement bollard. Yeah. Uh, so he was obviously incredibly strong, and I thought he was going to be the big scary bad guy. So I kind of liked that it wasn't; it was just a person. And this person yeah. happened to be a young woman, but uh, yeah, I thought she was an excellent character. I think it was a good way to go for the character, and I think largely because she did such a good job of it. Because and the the scene you touched on there um, leads me back to another scene, and uh, and the reason I want to kind of jump back a little bit is that. Um, the introduction of Johnny Walker or John Walker as the new Captain America. I know White Russell, Kurt Russell's son, got a lot of vitriol and hate in this. And he, this is where we kind of really see him in his first action, uh, action sequence. The scene you're talking about is um, the. I'll, I'll ask you for in a moment. Uh, what did you think of the reaction of White Russell? Did you think he played the role of John Walker um, well? Or did he do a good job? But like, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of his introduction here in an action sequence where you see the two trucks kind of drive side by side? And there's like a fight playing out on the top, like a helicopter or some shit that flies overhead, and we see him and the uh, introduction of Battlestar Hoskins, uh, his sidekick. What do you make of that? Like his. What do you make of him in that sequence? Do you think it was good to show the way they showed the uh, friction between him and Bucky and Sam and all yeah, that? They, it, that seemed it, it was a good way of introducing the specter of Captain America that still loomed large. Um, you yeah. know, like Captain America went out with like Mjolnir in one hand and the Shield in the other, like hitting, kicking the shit out of Thanos. You know, it, it's a, it's a tough act to follow. So I do like, I did like how John Walker just came up short in every single way but that was by design like like a he was just a man uh, extremely well trained uh, he was completely obviously well, he was completely obviously you know and secondly um just being given a mantle that you like yes he had he had you know <clears throat> he was extremely decorated and all that kind of thing but he obviously wasn't he wasn't steve rogers and they made that kind yeah, of it... abundantly clear to you really early on and i think the actor did a good job of that kind of not living up to it. You have to understand that that was the design. <laughs> you know, that was the design. That's why that's what he was brought in to do. And um, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like what Batrock said to Sam Wilson later on. It's like, uh, because you wear the robes doesn't make you a monk or some shit like that. Exactly the expression. It was a good expression. Yeah. yeah. 
the road um, Sunday, so, okay, the way they were. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, so I think that's the kind of the case like with John Walker and like because you wear the Captain America suit does not make you Captain America. Yeah. You have to be you have to become Captain America to be Captain America and not just act like Captain America. You know yeah, what I mean? And like and that's the difference between him and Sam. Sam became Captain America. Captain America always knew a little bit about civil disobedience as well. Um you know, you can see when in, in when he turns on Hydra, obviously, or when Hydra kind of revealed themselves, um, he, he just instantly turns on them. He fights the government. He fights whoever it is that he perceives to be on the side of, of wrong. He fights. Yeah. And that's, uh, this guy was obviously, a, <clears throat> excuse me, this guy was obviously military. Oh, I need you and you to do this. And this is our jurisdiction and all that kind of stick in the mud kind of character. So he even had the, yeah. even just the, every one of us has a hero inside aspect the films always touch on he was even coming up short there and that's somewhere you, you don't it's not about strength and it's not about ability that's somewhere that that's like a character thing that you either have or you don't and him not having that yeah. is even again by design and i think he just played he played the, the unlikable character really really well he kind of had this joffrey energy about you know obviously that's extremely harsh because Joffrey's the, the staple, you know what I mean? Like Joffrey's the yeah. So if I might say like you know a hint of Joffrey or something, you know, just just head by fellow Irishman Jack Leeson, if I'm not uh, mistaken. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought he, I thought he did a good job because I, I thought he played the role that he was supposed to play, how he was supposed to play it, and it wouldn't have been like the coolest role, yeah, at all. He was he was quite flawed in his own shortcomings. Kept coming, you know, you, but I, I, I thought he was a good plot device. Um, I, I, I'll talk, uh, jump back in more, um, a bit on Flagstaff <coughs> in a sec, but I just want to ask you a quick question about Johnny Walker. Do you think uh, they used him as a buffer between Steve Rogers and Sam becoming Captain America? Not to go too far ahead, well, yeah. Well, the like, whole thing is that Sam had the shield, the next guy was always going to get turned on, some you know, sort of Smithsonian type thing. Where it's a yeah. you know set up for for some, maybe it was the Smithsonian I can't remember but um yeah he obviously Bucky knew thought that he should have been the one to have it and it goes back into the government and then he shows that like so it it, it makes it painfully obvious to Sam that he was supposed to be the successor like he needed it yeah. spelled out to him and yeah. he didn't feel worthy obviously at the start and Walker kind of helps helps get him there by all of his shortcomings. And yeah. yeah, he was he was kind of a needed plot device because for Sam to just be given the shield, he wouldn't have earned it. He wouldn't be just yeah, like, and I think oh, I, I'll be Captain America now. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well his interactions with Isaiah Bradley and he looked at the bitterness that a lot of people still felt that like he felt like that he could represent them. And uh, he could give them some hope, I think, as well with Sam and his interactions, not just, uh, I think it's like, obviously, you know, because of John Walker being such a terrible Captain America, that obviously, you know, propelled him further, like, you know, into his destiny a lot quicker. But I think the uh, interaction Sam had with Isaiah Bradley and seeing this, like, you know, this uh, bitterness that he held for the way he was treated and quite rightfully, like, you know, the bitterness that he held, but he felt that... There's a lot of people out there feeling this kind of bitterness and uh by representing them and picking up the shield and wearing the stars and stripes that he could maybe give them hope and maybe you know try you know kind of calm down some of that bitterness but um but what what do you think like or the reaction to white russell's portrayal of the new cap america john walker like online and stuff like that i know we don't normally talk about stuff like that but I just this, this is so current uh like what did you make do you think it's such a ridiculous overreaction, it's a ridiculous like? overreaction look where it ended up 
Look where it ended up. Yeah, getting getting death threats and everything. everything like, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, up. everything ended up. To, to quote Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, fictional character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm doing that finger thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, I mean, don't. it's all about where it ended up. They gave it to somebody who was so, so far from the mark. And it emphasized how Sam was exactly the right person all along. And that he only yeah. had to kind of recognize that he was. So he was just... It's, and I wouldn't mind only this isn't this new thing that came out in Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is a troll. This yeah. is a troll. This is the guy who has to escort the princess to meet the prince, and along the way he saves her from danger and peril, and the prince turns out to be a gigantic douche. And then yeah. she realizes that you know the love of her life was under her nose the whole time. Whatever. It's been used in a thousand fashions. And he's Lord Farquaad or whatever. He's He's, and that's yeah. and that was the job he was given, and he did it excellently. You know, he was flawed, but he was human, and he was he had shortcomings, but he tried to overcome. He had a slight redemption arc near the end. What did you want from him? Nobody said he was Captain America. He was obviously a pretender, and then they, they gave him the the, the 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 shield, and then they took it from him, and then they stripped him of 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 pretty much everything actually, and then that was it. He was the it was over. Oh my god. Like, you do know there's a food crisis in Yemen. That, that's that's what I say. Upset, the Um, but like, like, uh, it was like, um, going back to Captain America: First Avenger. I think is Eskrin or something. The doctor that created this serum. I just checked it up. I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, but um, uh, he says it's not about having the best soldier for the job. It's about having the best man for the job. It's like it's not about being a good soldier. It's about being a good man and that's the difference between steve rogers when he got the super soldier serum and like a red skull or a john walker or whatever because it makes it's whatever's in you it's just going to make you more of that like you know what i mean so like you know it's like i think that's the thing when you have like what people looked at is like when you see a skinny steve rogers who's still willing to stand up to bullies who's willing to jump on a grenade when he becomes Captain America, it's just going to make him more of the Steve Rogers he already was. Iron Man said to Spider-Man that if you're not in without the suit, then you don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that, that we use almost as a sweeping statement. Yeah, and I think a lot of that came down to Captain America, the way he said to Iron Man, you're not in without the suit. What are no? What are you without the suit? You know what I mean. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember the whole thing, but he goes. He genius. says, uh, "Philanthropist, uh, playboy, yeah, or something." Yeah. And, then, and I love Captain America's comeback. He goes, "I know ten of guys that are worth none of." The, oh, was I it? Know, I know guys that were none of that are worth twice of you or something like that. Worth worth ten of yeah. you or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, like, so I think he was just like the truest, bluest superhero you could get in the old school Superman realms. And how he viewed the world, very Boy Scout-ish. But like, that was because that's the way he viewed the world before he had the serum. And you look at John Walker, you see this guy that comes across as kind of like this entitled dude. Obviously, he has this great military record or whatever. You know, the three, um, only person ever to have three Medal of Honors. I hate when they do shit like that. The, like, it's like, it's like, do you only watch a movie? And it's like, oh, he's 22 years of age. He has five degrees and can speak 14 yeah. languages. It's like, it's like, no. Yeah. Like, no, where's he finding the time for this shit? You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I just... He got three medals for dying in combat, you know? Yeah. But, like, I just think that, like, he was used maybe to go back, like, a little bit. I just think he was used maybe as a little buffer. He was, yeah, yeah. He was just trying to show that it's not... Captain America is more than... No, Captain America was inside us all along. um, That he was more than just a qualification. Especially when you see that Steve Rogers was this weedy little guy 
just threw himself on what he thought was a live grenade without a moment's yeah. thought absolutely sacrificing himself uh, and you know that that was what was in him and Sam was just a guy who wanted to do the right thing and Walker's you know I think he just wanted to have his moment in the sun or something there was a shallow side to him as well um, as well as a patriotic side and a soldier yeah. and he was complicated and I think Battlestar's kind of angle was to because he was the one person he could relate to was his best friend you know and somebody who yeah. was in the shit with him so um yeah, I, I'm really, really kind of dumbstruck about all the hate that he got, now, I have to say. And I have to just make a strong message that those people are a shower of wankers, I suppose, if I was to make yeah. it. <laughs> I think yeah, he made, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have had um, Falcon breaking through that window and landing in the new suit with the fancy yeah. shield and, and, the new, and the new everything and the kind of integration of both Falcon and Miss Captain America. You wouldn't have had it. The story yeah. wouldn't have earned it. Yeah. Exactly. And people have to realize the way you're feeling is because White Russell is portraying the character to the exact way he wants. You're supposed to feel that yes. way. Like he plays the character to make you feel that yeah. way. Like if you're feeling angry because he's not doing a good job, that's the character he's playing. That's the job that character's doing. Like, you know what I mean? That's the, like, it's not up to White Russell whether John Walker not beat a guy to death with the cap, yes. with the with cap shield. Like, you know what I mean? It's just the way the story is. Like, the fact that we have to explain this in 2021 is insanity. <laughs> like, you know? Goddamn job. Yeah, and a good fucking job at that. Good as well. job. See, that's you the thing. I mean? you can be, that's the thing. There's, there's something, and it is true. You can be like super evil. You can be yeah. absolutely like completely, totally demonic. You could be Freddy Krueger. You could be Jason Voorhees. That, that doesn't matter. But it's when you're kind of a kind of an exaggeration of characters that people do know in their lives: the sniveling coward, yeah. the liar, the, the the person who uses the Malfoy. Yeah, the Malfoy. Then that gets under your skin because it brings you back to school and it reminds you of the people that you've cut out of your life, like a cancer cell. Um, yeah. Uh, Big heads and bigger big egos. Big heads and bigger you know? egos. That actually makes you angry. Because I've never yeah. known anybody who's committed mass genocide. And I've never known anybody who had an infinity gauntlet. And I've never, yeah. well, you know, I have known. You, and I only knew two guys. You, you, you know two guys. Before, before we started hanging out. Was, but, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm more grounded. Man of the people. But he obviously reminds people of something, of somebody in their own life. Somebody who had everything handed to them. Or, or so it seemed. Yeah. Or, and even though he did earn it in a sense, well, he did. his know, military like, record was yeah. impeccable and stuff. I even think he, he managed to talk that down himself at one scene where he was like, you know, they gave us medals yeah. to show. Well, it felt like fake humble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, but that was it. Anything that speaks to that makes you angry. I never ever got angry about anything short of a um sorry, Game of Thrones. I forgot his name. Oh, Joffrey. Yeah. Joffrey. Yeah. yeah that's it. He obviously. Well, Game of Thrones has done worse things than ever Joffrey's yes, ever done. Season eight. Like the, fa- the fact that Joffrey, right, to, to paint this, they, D, they be, uh, sorry, DB Benioff or DB Weiss and David Benioff committed way more wor- worse atrocities in the Game of Thrones universe than Joffrey ever did. That season eight is more unforgivable than Joffrey literally shooting arrows at a young woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said it. I said I stand by you. I stand by you. <laughs> well, that's it. And the fact that that, 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 that Royal Beef Club is just so silly because he was an excellent stepping stone to get Sam where he needed to be. And when he shows yeah. up again in the big finale against um, the Flag Burners, um, Flag Smashers, Flag Smashers, excuse me, then it's it's just the, say, the stage is set. Had, had It started with Steve Rogers having died 
and him just kind yeah. of picking up the shield and go, yeah, I think he'd want me to have this. That would have been, yeah. that would have had people absolutely up in arms. And it feels like it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't thing. But obviously yeah. they needed a stepping stone and the guy comes in to be the stepping stone and just do a job and he gets shit over. I think I think it was a well-casted film. There was nobody that was painfully bad in this film. Like, yeah, Marvel, Marvel's casting choices are always top-notch stuff. Exactly. Like we even see a little cameo from, is it, Je- oh shit, Jennifer Louis-Dreyfus? No, what's her fucking name? Oh, see, now that's all I can hear in my head. Um, the you one from uh, the woman from fucking Seinfeld, Seinfeld yeah. and Vice. Uh, not Vice. Is it? Is it Vice? Yeah, the VP. Vice, VP. Uh, the VP. Yeah, is that what's called? Yeah. Um, Veep. That's what's oh, fucking called. Oh, it's called Veep. God, yeah. Um, Julia Louise Travis. Yeah, I always get her first name wrong for some reason. I always remember the Louis Stryfus, uh, but I never remember her first name. <laughs> don't know why. I don't know fucking why. But um, so like, yeah, so like they did a good job. Once again, we kind of touch on they made him the buffer, not only for, you know, the audience, but also for America in a sense. And in, in, because you need to see someone do a bad job before you be open minded about the next guy who might be slightly different than the way you think of a person to do a yeah, good job exactly you know what i mean and that's the word the, the dynamic with john walker and the transition how is supposed uh, to sam wilson if everybody was doing a great job nobody would ever step up that's, yeah, and that's exactly, exactly that's it but really as simple as i can possibly put it sam had yeah. to sam wasn't able to just rest in his laurels and he had to step up and yeah. then he did and everybody has to treat the joffrey of, of, of the whole thing honestly it's just it's just bizarre to me um but so um we support you. We love you, Wyatt. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like seriously, anything that came from the lines of Kurt Russell, I support 100 percent Yeah, it's Goldie Hawn. Um, yeah, I think I think so. I, I think so because I'm not because I know she has um Kate Hudson's her daughter, but I'm not sure if Kurt Russell's her father. I don't know what we I are, checked it in her, her yeah, yeah. It's definitely um it's Kurt Russell's a Goldie Hawn's kid. I support him completely. Yeah, is is Kate Hudson Total, total, total uh, fucking unnecessary side though, but like, I don't know. Is Kate Hudson Kurt Russell's daughter as well? I know she's Goldie Hawn's daughter, but uh, it's just the kind of pondering you get over here. Bill Hudson, side of the moon. Bill Hudson so, is her dad. Yeah, yeah. See, Kurt Russell, I didn't insult you. Don't beat me up with your yeah. lovely long locks. Um, so I mean, Goldie Hawn has done. been with two men in the last 40 years, the hussy. Yeah, and I bet you both of them had fantastic times, both of those men. I bet she changed both her lives. Look at Kurt Russell. Man hasn't aged a day in 30 no, exactly. years. That's what Goldie Hawn does. That's what Goldie Hawn does. Um, yeah. um, but what you call it? So, no, we we um, touched on a lot of things here, but one thing I want to kind of go back on, because it was my fault I kind of brought the conversation towards John Walker, because um, it was just pertinent with all the hate he got yeah, online. That's bullshit. No, I know. It's um, good. It's worse. It's fiction. Um, for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. I like superhero fiction as well, so I couldn't get any more like uh, fictiony. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, no, so we see the flag smashers who we were kind of touched on. We see their end. Uh, we touched about, uh, talked about their introduction for Aaron Kellyman as Car- uh, Carly Morgenthau. I just like saying that surname. Um, but like, uh, what did you make of her as a villain in air quotes? Because she was a villain in other people's eyes, and she was a hero well, in other she, people's eyes. That's the way it she, is. Everyone's the hero of their own story and all that. Well, jazz. when she killed those people that she didn't have to kill, they, you know, they were tied down. They got every, whatever. GRC. Yeah, they got everything that they needed and then she just blew them all up. Um, She made herself enough of a bad guy that I was able to say, someone needs to stop her. She needs to, you know, she needs to be stopped. It kind of, it, 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 
So they needed to do that. But at the same time, it showed the character herself was quite sympathetic. And of course, when you're able to suspend your disbelief and just treat it like fiction, you're allowed to kind of be a little bit more loose with your moral <laughs> fiction. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean sneaking. But yeah, so I, 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 I really, really liked her. I'm glad that I'm glad that they kind of used her. Well, they, they she ended up uh, through phone calls and through face to face. She ended up engaging with. Um, both Bucky and Sam on a few occasions. Yeah. And not too many either. Like, and it, and it really kind of fleshed out her character. You, you felt like yeah. not only is she not doing this for the hell of it, she's not trying, she's not robbing a bank to get money to live large on an island somewhere. She's actually doing something she's willing to die for. And, they, it, and that becomes yeah. so painfully clear. Yeah. She's lost all hope. Absolutely all hope. Did. There's a line in the last episode, second last episode, last episode, I think where she says, "We, you know, whatever. It doesn't even. It's okay, and it doesn't matter if we die. This is big enough." Yeah, it's now. the last episode, yeah. yeah. And she means it as well. You know, she goes, "Yeah," and you can see the conviction. Yeah, right. No, it doesn't matter if we die, is it? And she's almost like proud because she's in one way. That's that's that is the goal. Obviously, she wants to accomplish more while alive, but to get to the point where it gets a feel like it's going to get accomplished one way or the other, and the goal is bigger yeah. than you. That's conviction. Yeah, she had that. Yeah, because she she sees herself as like um, an instrument, instrument for change. But the change, like she has to be, it's all it's up to her and her mind. I think to start the change. But once she's able to start the change, she feels that she doesn't need to be there if the movement is strong enough to continue the change and in, bring it into a wider action or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's what a lot of like these kind of revolutionaries feel like. And like I know people view her as a terrorist and people view her as a revolutionary. That's what I mean. But like the same in a lot of ways on every side of the war, people people view each other as good guys and bad guys. Everybody views each other as everybody's enemy when it comes to a war. You know what I mean? So like, um, uh, like I just think that like pretty much what she did really well in this was she made you see her as the person she wanted to be. Well, she was also very good at showing you how serious she was at being the person that she needed. Or what price she was willing to make you pay, as well as the price yeah. she herself was willing to pay. Um, mm. Like, getting in her way was not a good place to be, as Battlestar found out. Um, yeah. That, you know... What you make of that scene, not to... Yeah, well, yeah, so the, 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 to get there, so that we're not dancing around it too much, she, you know, um, she manages to not keep... Uh, she loses all of the super soldier serums. Baron Zemo ends up destroying a lot of them, etc. etc. There's a character we're gonna to have to jump into. Uh, oh, and, sure. um, and but book uh, but Walker gets one and takes it. And obviously because the, the serum brings up your physical capabilities, but it speaks to something that exists inside you. Your person mm. um, it kind of his rage and stuff kind of bubbles to the top. And obviously he needed a moment that Hulk moment, that moment where he turns into his own version of a green monster. And that was Battlestar's death. And that was yeah. all, you know, that that was the moment I knew that he wasn't going to be Captain America in the next episode. And I didn't, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't need to see he the death. He needed the moment that he loses. Exactly. Because uh, you knew at this point that it's no longer, because again, he was Johnny Mission up to that point. We get in, you know, this is what the orders are. Like that name would have yeah, suited him Johnny perfectly. Mission. Johnny Mission, really would. Yeah, Johnny Mission. But then, obviously, it became personal. Initially, watched his, and he dies instantly. Oh, it's one of these cases where he got, where he he holds him and he you know, he takes 
Ember Trinity in the third Matrix. She takes like eight minutes to die, even though she's sitting next yeah. to the rebar comes <laughs> chewing yeah. up that scenery. Um, but it's dead instantly. He's just your man's panicking and he's doing the whole like disbelief kind of aspect of it where he just can't comprehend it. And then he goes out and he beats yeah. the guy to death in the streets. Um but uh yeah, no, I thought that scene was actually the second I saw it, I thought to myself, oh, that's it. That's that's the end of his run as Captain America at yeah. least. Yeah, in everybody's eyes now, because in in Sam's eyes and in Bucky's eyes, he should have not been Captain America from the get-go, but everybody held him up as this new Captain America. But as soon as he committed that, I think the episode is called The Whole World's Watching or something yeah. like that. And it's it that probably, I don't know that it is, but I also know that it is. Because, yeah, the scene is him yeah. with the shield and the, everybody's everybody has their phones out. Second... And, of course, there was the, it was the, the guy he kills, one of the, the Flag Smashers, only says earlier what a Captain America fan he was growing up. And yeah. then he himself is better dead with the very symbol of Captain America later on, you know. Uh so it's yeah. not it wasn't a very subtle metaphor. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. he gets his brains bashed in with the shield, you know. Um but I thought it was, what did you make of the blood on that, the shield? That's the thing, the, the blood on the it. shield. And uh, despite yeah. the fact that I've seen you know, Captain America like absolutely clean people out of him with that shield, uh, you yeah. never actually see blood on it. And then it was absolutely dripping in it. Yeah, because Captain America is not, not a killer. killer. He'll do, he incapacitates you or and whatever. Not a killer. Because uh, he never had to be. Because when, some, when yeah. a man like him is given, his reflexes are quadrupled, his strength is quadrupled and, and, uh, and every sort of aspect of himself. But the goodness, the goodness in him is also quadrupled. So yeah, exactly. So he can yeah. take it down because he can, because he can. Um, yeah, he doesn't have to push it down. Matt just take Matt it down. actually offers to fight him, so he just puts his shield yeah. on his back and he fights him because that just yeah, to make it a fair fight. Yeah, fight. I love yeah, that. Yeah. He has a little bit of arrogance to him too, Steve Rogers. But I love yeah. that though. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of like because like uh, ba- uh, Batrock who's played by George Saint Pierre, UFC legend. And um, but like I love that, like when you see that, like you know, this Batrock is obviously a high level, the best, probably the greatest criminal in, in a sense in the world, yeah. you know. And Steve Rogers is kind of like ha- had that question inside him. He goes, I wonder, you know what I mean? I wonder, is he good yeah. enough? I don't, you know what I mean? I want to prove it to myself. The shield goes on the back. Uh, let's just see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just love that little bit of arrogance he had to his character. Like, obviously, it was like it, it, maybe because he's from Brooklyn or whatever, you know, that kind of thing that fell back, you know. He came from a tough neighborhood. He just kind of had this like fighting attitude in him, as he used to say. He could do this all day, you know what I mean? Like, and I think th- that was one of the best things about um, uh, Captain America. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, did, 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 did you notice in the next scene where they go to confront him, where uh, Sam and Bucky go to confront him, that he's uh, the, the shield still has blood on it, and he's standing, yeah. there, and that's when he's standing defiantly with the bloody shield. And that's when you know that yeah. if he's allowed to keep the shield, that's what the shield will mean now. Yeah, exactly. And it'll only going to keep getting bloodier and, and bloodier. They're, they're almost talking him down. They haven't talked down or so, or so it would appear. Because that's what Sam does. He's used to do that for PTSD. That um, was it, yeah, because um, he talks to Curly you know? um, early on yeah. as well. Um, but uh, he says, you got to give up the shield, man. And then it's like, oh, I know what this is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he's such he's a douche such though, a douche times, like, isn't he? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, and it's so easy. Like, people to hate a character without like feeling anything towards the actor because it's fiction, like Noel said. So just remember yeah. that we we don't we didn't like John Walker there. Like, they'd make one dead <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's so simple. 
not to like the character, <laughs> but also have no feelings. Kevin Spacey can fight Okay, that doesn't mean we should yeah. hate Kevin Spacey as a checks notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, Kevin Spacey's a good human being. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but like, uh, so like, so I, I, th- I think so. Just to kind of ra- wrap up this about the flag smashers and. Uh, uh, and John Walker, I think John Walker, the character, hit every note he was supposed to. And that was actually a good job by White Russell. People have to understand what he was trying to do. And I think the Flag Smashers and what they represented to the people that were inside the Flag Smashers and the way they kind of tried to humanize them, portray their characters, but also at the same time convey that they're willing to go to extreme measures by murdering innocents or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? It was an unjustified uh, means what, thing that makes them... Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're very Machiavellian, which is uh, what's going to segue me nicely onto the next character. But like, I, I like the way it just it did a good job of conveying everything that the characters were supposed to be, and each character hit the notes that they were supposed to. I think uh, I only finished watching Falcon Winter Soldier the last episode. I was watching it weekly last Friday. Rewatched it all today. It made the show extremely rewatchable because every character does what they're supposed to do at any given moment, and that counts. Uh, especially for White Russell as John Walker and uh, Aaron Kellyman as Carly Morgenthau. I just think both of them did an excellent job, did exactly what they were meant to do as actors in the role, as characters people, understand that. But, um, so no, as, when I talk, touched on the Machiavellian thing, the nice thing. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, the last character that, uh, that we probably should uh, mention before we go to the break is Daniel Bruhl playing Baron. Is it Baron Von Zemo or just Baron, Baron Zemo? Zemo? Baron is it Baron Von Zemo? I just said Zemo. I'm yeah. not sure. Baron Z- but, so, like, he came back. He was the villain, the kind of secret villain in Captain America Civil War. And um, he came back uh, this time as kind of like in the Hannibal Lecter type role. Very much so. That, Very much so. Yeah, yeah, you know. The charm you know and I mean? the wish so the and the engaging kind of aspect to almost likable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, it, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, he's a complete, you know, or... Oh, yeah, he, he burned the world, I but, mean, and has tried to. Yeah. And what did you make of Daniel Bruhl as... Perfect, Zemo, and what perfect, did you make of perfect, this evolution perfect. of the character? He was excellent. He was, even, he was even a little bit awkward in the role, in a way, that was perfect. Uh, you know, when he's dancing and stuff like that. Like, there's something yeah. almost <laughs> so childish to him. He's, uh, he's a fondness for sweets. Uh... <laughs> Turkish, Turkish delights, delights, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he, he kind of likes jokes as well. He, kind of, he almost kind of, it's, at some point, he's like he wanted to be one of the boys, you know, like he just wants yeah. to hang out and stuff like that, you know, and have, um, I don't know, he's inc- obviously extremely intelligent. Uh, obviously knew who yeah. the power broker was way before anybody else because nobody could have figured out <laughs> that's when he shoots the guy who's making the super serum in the, in the head when Sharon Carr walks in. Um, well, yeah, no, no, just perfection, man. This was almost Robert Downey Jr. levels. Obviously, the, the character was much more tertiary and minor, but this was just uh, nobody else in the world. I just couldn't see anyone else in the world doing him now. Yeah, and do you, do you think he'll return? Look, he's he, not dead. Um, he's going to return. Yeah, and he's such a schemer as well. Exactly, yeah. Raft. You know, and with somebody like that, and you're wondering how he escapes, he's already, he's escaped because he's going, he's already did something to make himself required. That's how he escaped the yeah. first time. He was needed. And somebody that intelligent yeah. has probably, you know, 
from a writer's perspective, you could say, oh, I could think of 19 ways to get out there, man. When he was in Madripoor, yeah. he did this, and now they're going to meet him to unlock this or speak to this person. You know, there's there's basically 100 ways. He's, he he f- finishes the series alive and well. He's 100% coming back. And um, did you like the, like, I, I, I actually, like, do you know the motives behind um, Zemo's actions in Civil War? I know he assassinated um, T'Chaka, uh, King, T- King T'Chaka, sorry, T'Challa's father in it. But um, the, his reaction was obviously an overreaction, like in the same way that Carly Morgenthau is an overreaction in the wrong direction. That when he, the, his backstory, as they touch upon Age of Ultron, he was trained, he was, he's a Sokovian national. He was trying to flee with his family and pretty much when all the superheroes came in and word went to shit and Ultron started lifting up part of Sokovia because that was his end that was his end game. Ooh. I said it. Damn it. <laughs> meh, meh, meh. Do I get slightly yeah. power? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um so like I just think his motives, even though it's like Carly Morgenthau, his overreaction was in the wrong direction. But you could clearly see that it was because his family got killed yeah. at the hands of super soldiers or superheroes. And again, or whatever, even though he's more like classically evil, you know, when he drowns the guy in um in the Marvel universe uh, upside down in his own sink, um, he's got some. He's definitely got some evil in him. But at the same time, everybody is driven by something very human, and Zemo's no different in that sense as well. He's just more of a schemer. He's definitely more sneaky yeah. and things like that. But again, there was a, just a, again, a Hannibal Lecter type charm to him. Just like them. Yeah, and he, and he can fight too, as we've seen in the yes. shipping yard where he kills like and two or three guys on his own. gets his hand on all of the leftover super serums. And he yeah. t- takes one in his hand and he just drops it on the ground and he starts smashing them. Because he's a he man super of his He yeah. held great There's power like... in his hand. Enough to shape the world. He yeah. had like six or seven, he could make six or seven super soldiers. Including himself, perhaps. I love the and strange. It's a very, it's a very strange victim in yeah. that way, isn't he? Where he's actually overtly against superpowers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because like, he kills all. Like, do you remember when you see Civil War? You think the big conclusion is going to be Zemo is going to get to uh, facility with the six super soldiers. He's going to release them. Iron Man, Captain America, and Winter Soldier are going to have to team up to fight these six super soldiers. And when they get there, they're all dead because Emo got there first and he killed them in their yeah. chambers. And you know what I mean? Like it's like he he understands that power can be obtained in different ways, and he thinks that superpower is a gross imbalance of power yeah. in the universe, and its ramifications are too much. Yeah. Like the, if you can lift up a like if you create, as they say, the big tree, the, wizards, <laughs> aliens, and androids. <laughs> but like. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, what what wizard? Uh, Doctor Strange. Strange. No, he's a sorcerer. He's a sorcerer. No, but think about it. Sorcerers are just wizards. Without <laughs> <that>. <laughs> but uh, like, it, like when he, I think that's what makes him such a compelling character. That he kind of allows himself to be captured on several occasions in this series. That he understands what he did was wrong. He's like, and well, and he understands that maybe it was a bit too much of over calculation in the wrong direction and his reactions resulting in the death of King T'Chaka which isn't just a bold outright assassination yeah. you know what I mean and then trying to frame uh, Bucky and stuff like that but I think he realises that it's about the superpowers need to go away yeah. for the world to come back and balance and That's he was just detested thing. it and he passed it in because you know yeah. you know I, 
Yeah, he's no interest in it. No. Like, no, only interested in destruction. Only interested in, in instruction. He just he just doesn't see one vial that manages to roll kind of behind a heater or a pipe on the floor. Um, and that's how Walker gets his hands on one. It wasn't given to him. Yeah. To happen. It's just half sentence. And uh, yeah, Zemo just was a man of his conviction. I was one of my favorite things about it. And they used him just the right amount. I don't think he should have played central stage because then I think his shtick might have kind of, you know, might have. Yeah, run. yeah. Because yeah. uh, he wasn't supposed to be the guy who really pushes the action necessarily. Very much so was a guy who pushes the narrative. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he was exactly used that. well, was extremely well utilized and extremely well acted. Uh, yeah, I just, I honestly, I couldn't picture anyone else in the role. I mean, He's such a good fucking actor. Anyone hasn't seen yeah. The Alienist that's on Netflix Excellent now both seasons. If anyone, in case anyone thinks we're a Disney shell, I'm going to tell you there's stuff on Netflix yeah, too. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was be, I was like super happy on Disney the other day so people might come at me. But, um, uh, so like, he's, I think he was the perfect cast and like, once again, I always say this, Marvel cast the perfect actors in the yeah. perfect roles. Like, White Russell, they knew he was going to be able to portray John Walker that way. That's why he got the part. Erin Kellyman, everyone's seen how cool and charismatic she was in Solo. That's why she gets the part of uh, Carly Morgenthau. Mar- Marvel's like, got great talent for doing this, apart from Don Cheadle. But um, uh, <laughs> it's like I want Terrence Howard back. Um, uh, but what's called so like um, another perfect custom was someone that we've seen appear, and I I, I want to jump on this character and then we we'll get to the break because I feel she'd be important going forward, and that's Sharon Carter the niece of Agent Peggy Carter from the Captain America world. And she also appeared in Captain America Winter Soldier. And um, so, Noel, what did you make of, I think it's yeah, Emily Van Camp, yeah. didn't even have to look. Um, what did you make of her portrayal and the big reveal is hers, the power broker and the whole world of Majapur and all this kind of new Meh. stuff we got to see. She was fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's kind of what, yeah. you just thought that was the least yeah, good reveal. Well, actually, least... I, like, she did her job. I just, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't think she did her job to a degree that nobody else could have done. I think she did her job perfectly well. But I, I, I just don't think the character yeah. was that juicy. I just don't think they did an awful lot with her. I think they could have used used her better. I don't think, they, I mean, honestly, I said this to you before we recorded. I would have been a real reveal had she yeah. not been the power broker. I, like the only, the only thing that really, I, yeah. I started to think maybe she wasn't because of how many clues there was she was and then her big reveal yeah. was just the dumbest fucking thing and then obviously they, they tried to kind of reinvent her which i just didn't buy because you know when they introduce to you a character and then they shift them too far too quick uh it'd be like you know holland yeah. spider-man coming back and he's got like one of his eyes is milky and he's got a scar down his face and now he's half you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and you're just kind of going like, no too quick you know like too too so i kind of yeah. got a little bit of whiplash with her when she which is very strange for Marvel because they're exactly. so patient with the progression. And then she was, don't get me wrong, I know she was trained and all this kind of stuff. And so she, you know, she wasn't um, any sort of victim. She, she was an agent of shield. Yeah. Like. All of a sudden she kind of had this um, roughness about her. And all of a sudden she had this, I don't know, it was, it was she, she she shifted too much for me, too quick. Uh, in, I think the problem with that shift was because we didn't see it on screen. Um, the character shift happened like because... I think in Civil War when she robbed Falcon or uh, you know acquired a requisition or whatever Falcon's uh, wings because I don't want to say robbed because they belong to him like uh, and his wings and Captain America's shield I think in Civil War she's pretty much been on the run since then 
So including the five-year time jump that occurred between Infinity War and Endgame, she's been on the run for seven or eight yeah, years. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Like, so, so I think, uh, so I, I totally understand your point that the progression was jarring, but I think it's just because we didn't see it happening on... Yeah, screen, no, that is fair. On Marvelisk, you know, on, on very... It on is very Marvel, and you're right. Yeah, obviously, but, there's just the blip is too yeah. big. It's too big to cover yeah, F, to cover it's absolutely one of those yeah. things. And that, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah it's just one... Yeah, I just think it's one of those things sometimes you'll have to accept that stuff has progressed without without being shown. You know what I mean? It's like, because they're like, oh, this is what happened in five years. And maybe we'll get her backstory because obviously she's going to come back. Like the way her character ended, she gets a pardon. She's brought back to America, all that kind of stuff. She's going to appear like in like Captain America 4, whatever that, like I want to touch on in the second segment. I want to talk to you a bit more about Captain America 4. But I think like, We've covered all the main beats here for Falcon Winter Soldier. Do you do you think we do you want to say anything else before we go to the break now or we just fuck off? No, the break? I think we could we should move into the break now. We're coming on the hour and a half. Now. Awesome sauce. So, sorry. Um I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, No John Tui. This is Dark Side of the Moon. We'll be back with more after uh, Falcon Winter Soldier after the break. So um Noel, say see them after the break. See them after the break. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> peaceful day in the honeycomb hideout is suddenly interrupted by the hulk a big hulk one big cereal honeycomb you better come through brace yourself hulk honeycomb's big it's got a big bite that tastes right big enough for hulk just try it Post honeycomb cereal big and part of balanced breakfast hulk go don't forget your honeycomb honeycomb big and he's got a big bite And we're back from the break. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. This is Dark Side of the Moon. So on the second half of the show, as if you listened to us before, we do the what if section where we like to sit ourselves in the director's chair and talk about the little changes and little alterations we would have made to the story, or maybe even big changes, big alterations, depending on how the story hit us. So Noel, if you were to replace, uh, I think it's Carrie Scogland as the director for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what would you have changed and how would you change it? Um, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, like most of what I found there works. I would like a little bit more of a deep dive into uh, Bucky. Um, I think it did excellent work on the social commentary. I don't know, certainly better than I could have done this as a guy in my side of the planet. Um, but I, I would have liked a deep dive. A 106 year old super soldier brainwashed yeah. assassin. Um, but this yes, show was please. very much the Falcon. And the Winter Soldier. It was the Falcon yeah, show, yeah. wasn't it? You know, like it's not, and it's definitely like I don't think Sebastian Stan, the actor, played. Um, sit down, girl. Sorry, this is a good time to move around. But um, that I don't think he's going to walk away thinking, "Wow, I didn't get any any lines there." I mean, he certainly did, but yeah, it, it wasn't as deep a dive into him as a yeah, because it's not the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Was. It's the Falcon. Yes, yeah, exactly. And uh, so I, I would have liked a more of a deep dive into that, but that's that's not. A big criticism. I honestly think that they did an excellent job, and I enjoyed it. And again, there's a you know, and there's more to come from both these characters. So you know, the future is bright. But um, I would like more uh, from it. 
Um, and you happy with the choice of villain and the different characters to introduce and the way they expanded the world and all these different things? Yes. Yeah, and they expanded the world and they did an excellent job of setting up the world, I think. Like, I think they've done a lot of great groundwork for basically everyone yeah. else. You know? I think the, 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 the socioeconomic kind of um, kind of strings been pulled around the planet right now, I think, have been explained quite yeah. well. And um, and even uh, even the bad guys that, you know, the, the, the flag smashers, groups like that and their um, motives have been brought to the to the center and i think a lot of, i think they can use that for basically any other marvel hero that they want to going forward so i do think that a lot of directors and writers and stuff in that kind of bubble over at disney and the marvel kind of sector of it are thinking yeah okay that's good we can build on that we can definitely build on that but i think it did an excellent job yeah um it's a perfect extension of the captain america movies isn't it exactly um if if i was to look at it, the things that i might have changed or would have changed is maybe i would have fleshed out uh carrie morgan uh, carly morgenthal uh, character a little bit more um i know she was fleshed out to a certain degree but i think maybe the relationships with uh, the other members of the flag smashers i would have liked to see that a bit more so when they got killed or whatever they didn't yeah they didn't really accentuate anybody yeah exactly them. and even even when they did um the lines were only to Bring about their human connection with um, their human connection with yeah, her. And, 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 and that I don't mind as much because I think the problem with her character and the deaths of the her cohorts or whatever is that they didn't flesh out their, their relationships enough, in my opinion. That like I think when the guy gets killed by John Walker and you feel the pain she's going through, I think if we knew a little bit more about their relationship, they just they're like obviously they all felt like that they they were destined to be these super soldiers or whatever because they all came together in this one area at the one time and all ended up, you know, becoming super soldiers. And they felt destined and stuff like that. And that obviously created some sort of link between them. But I just think I would have liked to see a bit more about the Flag Smashers, a little bit more, a little bit more fleshed out because maybe you could have done one extra episode. There was a lot of fleshing out on the good guy side of things with Sam. But like maybe Bucky was a little undercooked. But we got a lot of like Sam's background and his relationships with Isaiah Bradley and we even get a little bit of Bucky's uh, relationship with Isaiah Bradley because he's the one who tells him about him but like I just think with the flag smashers and sometimes villains in in awe in general don't get fleshed out enough and I think even though Aaron Kellyman did a great job as Carly Morgenthau I just think the flag smashers themselves should have been fleshed out fleshed out a little bit more yeah yeah because they kind of had ditto mm. you know as in like this is what, you know, she gets all the good lines and then they kind of go, yeah, yeah, no, that's kind of similar to my feelings. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, and the only guy who really opened up was the guy who said he liked Captain America and that basically turned out so that he could be back to that. Yeah, exactly. America. Like, and I think there's the, the actors around her, they were, what they were given, they showed that they were capable to, you know, pretty much be good with what they do well with what they were given and I think they could have been given a little bit more and I think they would have just done as very every as much as well with a more meatier part uh, than the part they were given it you know that kind of way I just think they were capable actors the people that were casting the roles even though they didn't do a lot I think if you given them more they would have rose to the occasion because the actors themselves did a lot did a decent amount with a little you know that kind of way absolutely agree yeah um yeah, yeah. obviously she was the she was the mainstay and she was first fiddle and they, they made no secret yeah. of it. And I would have liked to seen a little yeah. bit more of like Hoskins before he died because he was just kind of like hanging on the coattails a little bit of John Walker. Um, 
Big I don't know, what did you see? In, uh, I just... well, he, he was more like, you know, he was kind of almost um, f- funny, the levels of sight. Yeah, he like... Re- no, they even have a scene where girls come up to Walker and ask for his autograph, and he's standing right there. Yeah, he's kind of invisible. They don't even... Yeah, he's kind of invisible. He is like... He's just not the one that everyone's interested in. He even makes kind of a joke about it. And um, so he was kind of like the penultimate psychic. He did it, you know, they always didn't flesh him out on yeah. purpose, it seems. Um, yeah. yeah, but I just think, uh, like, I suppose when you look at it, though, the constraints, when you decide to go with six episodes, there's certain things that are going to have to fall to the wayside to keep the narrative going and keep the pace and strong. So maybe you have a little bit of an undercooked, uh, like, not undercooked villain. But a little bit of an undercooked organization that the villain represents. Um, like, you know what I mean? There were no Hydra. Like, you know, um, you know, in Hydra was steeped in Marvel history and we got to see their story progress in different mediums through Agents of Shield and other different things, like and um through Captain America Winter Soldier. If you ever get their hands on the mutants <clears throat> in earnest, then I think you'll see more Hydra because you know they're they're steeped in wars with X-Men and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like so, like and the thing is we got to see Hydra fleshed out in the background over many movies and i just think that like the flag smashers they'll probably come back because like uh like carly morgenthau uh, like she alluded to that even if it doesn't matter if they die the movement is strong enough to continue so we might see the flag smashers come back and i might get my little wish that they'll get fleshed out a bit more and we get to see more about how they run things and how they plant you know overthrow the governments and stuff like that like be kind of cool um and i just obviously you know hoskins won't be more fleshed out um because you know he's dead uh yeah because of the deadness to him um but like uh something we we kind of maybe should have touched on the first section but we can touch on it now because you know we rule here but um john walker's transition from the new captain america to u.s agent i liked what did you think about that because i know it's a little bit off topic but what the fuck yeah no it was good because he was he went from um top of the world quite literally he was Looking down on creation. Even the shield. (laughs) Creation. And yeah. Uh, He went from that to um, disgraced to kind of something like, you know, that character that approaches you, that sees the potential in you, the kind of uh, Emperor Palpatine kind of approach where he's taken away and he's he's given a chance to maybe redeem himself, you know. He's given a crappier shield. No, he makes it himself. Yeah. The cut sequence at the end of uh, episode eight, I think. Episode five, sorry, oh. it was only six episodes. Yeah, it was. That's just dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, guy, that shield is doing nothing. You're going up against super soldiers, and yeah. you couldn't even do it with a vibranium shield. Like you got your ass handed yeah, to exactly. you by a Wakandan warrior, and she wasn't. He throws it at Carly, and she just takes yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, yeah, no, I I, I like the uh, the transition for him to be um, U.S. agent, and uh, like because. He's not really a true blue hero, like what's needed to be Captain America. So obviously he's going to work in a more clandestine nature. And I think he suits that kind of role. More. Exactly. And maybe, he do, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He can be the the, the X-Force to the X-Men, you know, the, the, the dirtier jobs that probably still need to get yeah. done. But you don't get to like, you know, fly the flag and, so, you know, kiss babies and all the kind of stuff afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Um, you end up so, as yeah, a star I mean, on the but they, you know, they, they raised them to a pedestal and knocked them off. And the thing about pedestals is, if you get knocked off, you've the longer way yeah. down. So then, the kind of desperation of like he's not even, he's the, you know, he's not even a decorated soldier really anymore. 
Um, so now he's kind of in a vulnerable state. He's easy to pick, you know, manipulate. Yeah. And he's still obviously an asset because he is a super yeah. soldier. Uh, so yeah, no, I thought that I thought that was excellently done. I'm looking forward to seeing what yeah, they do. Do you think that we'll see a TV series, or do you think he'll just reappear in a later Captain America? You know what? I wouldn't be shocked if even Marvel didn't know, and they're always two or three steps ahead yeah. of the game. But they've 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 lined them up nicely. I know they'll yeah. use, and they're, they're but they but he's a nice player on the board now. But honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I- and the fact of the matter is they print their own money. The maker will watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they've got so much goodwill now, no matter what they do. We touched upon that one division, we're still going to tune in. Like. You, you would need to do a Josh Whedon's Justice League for them to lose goodwill now. Like, you know I, you know, I think we'd still come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, we forgive them. Yeah. No, I can change them. Um, but uh, So, like, we, we, we talked about the different things we would have changed about the movie. Um but like, or sorry, the TV series. Uh, one thing I would have uh, liked as well is, the, or sorry, one thing I really liked as well was the big reveal of Sam Wilson in this like new version of the Captain America suit. Um, like, it's kind of like a hybrid between the Captain America suit and the Falcon suit. And um, exactly it's, what it's it not is. so I would I I wouldn't have changed this, but I just think uh, maybe we should have touched on it a little bit. But what do you make of the big reveal, of Sam Wilson as the new Captain America in episode six, the big finale? Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was good to give him a very colourful entrance as a new hero might want to get, yeah. you know. Um, and oh, a spectacle. I, <clears throat> and I thought it was great that he isn't a super soldier. I thought it was great that they moved away from that and that he's making up for those shortcomings in combat using gadgetry, kind of, you know, gadgetry and a little bit of sound. Yeah. You know, he obviously he can't run and kick you so hard that he butts through it brick wall the way Captain yeah. America could but if he, he could propel himself at you create he's still a highly fact. trained soldier uh, that's man, as we t- talked about in, earlier he's so one with his suit uh, yeah he's so one with his suit and he's so yeah. driven you know they read like they did obviously like we're talking we wish they fleshed out this and we wish they yeah. fleshed out this well that's because they were so busy fleshing yeah out because stuff. you're launching a brand new Captain America it's a huge task exactly so there was no shortage of of uh, Falcon yeah fleshed out none whatsoever so it's huge you know so i'd say him him he deserved it anything that they did with that character he would have earned it they, 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 they took all of the steps it was all yeah. built like everything there was side get, stories that was you the can't get role. stronger foundations than the captain america trilogy to build your tv series from oh, later i don't think anybody will get an origin story as good as falcon uh, oh no think about it i know he's falcon like but an origin story it was six episodes yeah. of an, an origin story it was a superhero origin story and 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 at the last episode, he comes in. He spends one sixth of it as yeah, the hero, because as the as the new hero, at least. Yeah, because he it was all about the Falcon becoming Captain America, exactly. and that's what the whole show is really about. In the kind of like the long and short of it, really, isn't it? Like you know, yeah. Because now I know about his nephews, his sister, yeah. their money troubles, his background, community he grew up in. Um, you know, kind of his. What, what gets him down? What gets him up in the morning? Yeah. You know, his hopes and his fears, everything. They they, they really, really did. They, they had us grounded. They had, they had him in like, you know, denims and a jacket sitting against a table talking to terrorists. And then they had him flying the Falcon suit with the Captain America shield. So they did literally everything yeah. to flesh him out. So yeah, no, the, the reveal, they worked for it. So um, and, and the, the suit was a bit colourful for my what? taste. You, you... I thought it would have been cool if it went a bit sleek, but I... Well, yeah, I just cool. think because it was just a perfect hybrid of the Falcon 
Captain America so I just think that's the perfect middle ground but no Marvel and Disney how they love to sell toys I'm sure that's not the last iteration we'll see of the Falcon uh, Captain America should have been Falcon America Falcon America <laughs> I'm Falcon America you're doing what <laughs> uh, but um, yeah I, I also agree with you that I would have uh, if you look at the character slate that like not the, uh, the the you know the list of characters that were available to them for this series and the ones that chose the most compelling and the most interesting is James Buchanan Barnes, you know, Bucky, um, the Winter Soldier. He's definitely the most uh, interesting, as you touched on. Like, he got this assassin that was brainwashed for, like, better part of a century that did all, has all these things that he has to atone for or make amends, as he says in the in the in the series that like I just think he's such a yeah. compelling character trying to like, trying to deal with a world it's like me and you have been in the year 2080 yeah. as well it's literally just a world he doesn't understand social media um selfies yeah. you know internet he's, he's definitely you know he's a kid that grew up man out of time I think Steve man out of time yeah exactly and so like there was just just I just love the, the richness of that I just I just there's so I just much that, of that character like, they went they went for a grounded they, they took a grounded mm. character and they met him Captain America and that's the strength of the show and they did an excellent excellent job of it and I'm not slighting it uh, but I, I I just kind of loved how yeah how much could have been done with Bucky Barnes and I hope they explore it to some degree in the future but I don't know if they will I don't know if they because obviously they're always looking forward and they did this and worse than all it's done and they did a really good job of it so they're probably going to move forward but I wish they yeah, do, do you, who knows? I would a bit of a prequel. Do you, um, like as what we're going to see with Black Widow in the future, in a couple of months, uh, another prequel, you could easily jump back that because he's got such a rich, rich history that he was on as the Winter Soldier. That you've got six or seven or eight or nine decades of storytelling that you could easily jump back in to and from and make it like a prequel series or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they could. You never, I was expecting to kind of maybe hear him say something about Black yeah. Widow. You know what I mean? Just say, like, oh, this reminds me of the time three, five years ago, whatever, that, that we did this, yeah. this, and this. Just just to kind of set up his role. He touched on it with but... Isaiah Bradley, I suppose you could say, because they fought back in Korea. Uh, that's how he knows him. I mean, Isaiah Bradley was sent in because he'd killed all these people in the Korean Peninsula during the Korean War. So you could maybe do tell that story and tell us how him and Isaiah Bradley met each other and stuff like that. But um, one thing um, I kind of was a little bit uh, disappointed with was when he was fighting uh, uh, Batroc, that he didn't say, I can do this all day. I was waiting for that. I thought Sam was going to say that, like, I could do this all day, like the way Steve used to say it. Like, I thought that would have been a nice <laughs> little bit of fan service callback. But, um, apart from that... I suppose he wasn't there. But, you know, I just... I would have liked that, but uh, I, apart from that, like I'm really happy what they did with the series. Um, you know, flesh out this here and there, but like you know, it's better to have six episodes of really good action and nice pace and fast, quick show than have too much bloat. I'm a well believer, um, a big believer, sorry, in when it comes to TV series that less is more and quantity over quality, or sorry, quality over quantity is always preferable. And I think that's what Marvel are looking at here. It just felt like. As six, ep uh, it was felt like a Captain America movie split into six chapters, and I think that was what they intended to do. And I think, even though I was a bit disappointed at one or two things and how the uh, characters underdeveloped, but that, that's what you get in a six-part show. It's, as you said, it's the Falcon's origin story, it's the new Captain America's origin story, and so most of the focus had to be on him. Otherwise, you know, the story would have lost its message or whatever. Yeah, of course it would have. Uh, um, I, I, I suppose I felt a. Uh... 
that it probably wasn't very forthcoming in the sense that I thought it was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I was I didn't know it was going to be a build up to who becomes Captain America, although I didn't I did suspect. Yeah. Um, but it it wasn't as he, it wasn't an even divide by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Winter Soldier was kind of like his psychic. Yeah, because it, it was kind of like Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought it was Falcon and Winter Soldier, a show about the two of them, and not Falcon and Winter Soldier as in just uh, as in um, Batman and Robin. You know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like I well, said though, whoever's on the left is the star. He's the show. You it's like whoever's name is mentioned first, they're the main focus. No matter no where you cut it, you know what I mean? Like like when it's Captain America or the Winter Soldier, it's a Captain America movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, so if it's like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, technically it's about the two of them, but it's really a Falcon TV series. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And it yeah. played out that way. It really did. It played out that way, you know. But um so, like, is there anything else that you would have changed about the Falcon Winter Soldier TV series? No, I think they did a really, really good job. I think they did an extra job world building. They did an excellent job on building Captain America and bringing him into the future, as it were, yeah. and setting up the next stage. And I think everything else you could probably, like, you could poke holes in if you wanted to sit down and critique. Yeah. Um, but it did its job. If they had, like, they had a list of goals... On a screen, it would have been set Sam up as Captain America. Yeah, would have been number one and number two. Yeah. Uh, so they come out of this with a Captain America, and they come out of this with a uh, agent, a US agent, and um, they come out of this with a new kind of shadowy Hydra-ish kind of organization that still exists, even if it's lost super soldiers. Yeah. And um, I mean, the power broker. They come out with a power broker. So yeah, I mean, and, you know, the Baron Zemo is kind of. A little bit more front and center now. Fan fans will definitely be calling out for him. So yeah, I, I think they've salvated the amounts of fans with this show more than one division. You know, I think this is more world building for damn sure. Yeah, and um before we go on to the, the last section, the best and worst, I wanted to ask you, do you ever see Bucky as Captain America? Do you think he'll ever hold the shield at some stage? No, hold it, yeah. Um I mean as the mantle, you know. The mantle, no. I, I think I think Sam's iteration will be will last whatever the ten years, eight years, and then you know they'll either revamp it or they'll um, retire it for a while. I, I don't think so. But then you know this has definitely thrown me thrown me for a loop on a couple of occasions and since Iron Man all the way back in 07. So who knows? Yeah, and it really seems like Marvel now are ushering in the new generation, the next wave of superheroes that. They're slowly over the next phase because we there's not going to be an Avengers movie that they're going to slowly start building their new Avengers roster through origin yeah. stories or new trilogies or new series or new franchises or whatever. So by the time the Avengers does come around, we're going to feel like all these characters have earned their spot on the team like we did with the original lineup. Yeah, they have. And it's going to be, yeah, you could have Winter Soldier, you could have Captain America, you could still have... Um, Spider-Man will be a, a huge one, you know, and Stark Industries still exist. Yeah, and so, we're going to have yeah, Ironheart yeah. and stuff like that later on that the, the Kevin Feige touched upon, stuff like that. So, and then, uh, you know, we still have a lot of the legacy characters left. Thor still there, Guardians of the Galaxy still hanging around, Ant-Man, you know. So um, it could be a smoother transition, but I think they're wise to hold off in an Avengers movie right now just because of how do you top end game? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just... Uh, and then it, it kind of... Almost always got bigger steadily. The story was always building and yeah. building and building and building. It's a gradual. And then they went with. Don't forget, it wasn't just the Avengers. I don't know if they've ever done it in cartoon form, something as big as that. 
it was it wasn't just Stephen Strange. It was everyone he's ever that's ever like you know cast the spell. Yeah, and it was you know what I mean. It was just it was the big tree. It was aliens. It was the Valkyries were there. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Valkyries were there, and you know the the Avengers were all there, and the Wakandans were there. It was absolutely massive. Yeah, it was every bit as nearly as big as the Battle of Gondor at the end of uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. So, is there anything else? Would you would you change your happy enough? We move on to the best and worst because I think Go. yeah, because um, I I I'm pretty much happy enough. I I fucking love this show. Um, it was ex- extremely rewatchable, and um, apart from fleshing out one or two things, I was very very happy what what they did with the series. Um, but like, so Noel, what would you see when you look back at the six episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier? What was your best and what was your worst? Of the Falcon and the Soldier experience, go. Okay, best Sam, easy. You got, and it's not like it's it's that he got all the time, but he's also a great character, a great actor, and he was grounded and he was likable. He was three dimensional, um, so they did an excellent job of him. They built up his character, and people would be frightened at the mouth for a Captain America film. Yeah. So that that's a simple one for me. That's a no brainer. Um, the other one, just just a goddamn power broker. I kept saying it like I cared. I didn't care. I didn't care about the mystery because I figured it out straight away. I didn't particularly care about Sharon Carter. Car- <laughs> I just didn't care, man. And it was like at the last episode, it turns out it was the power broker. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't care. I was a little <laughs> bit like you when that big reveal came up. I was like, we know. We know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, we know. You, you kind of told us a couple of times. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, you know, have to start having... You go into a house and there's like a mansion and there's a really shifty butler. Yeah. And the lights go out and somebody's dead. And then an hour later, the butler goes, it was me. And you're going, yeah, we know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I knew, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if you'd murdered several people this week. At all. Yeah, like, exactly. at all. That's why we all huddled together and called the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely the power broker, man. I just, they just tried to build up the character so much. And A, I, 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 told, I don't know if I told you this when we were recording or we weren't recording, but one episode of a in a slash screen thing that was on Netflix there was clearly a character who was imaginary and nobody except this one woman was talking to this character yeah. and I was like alright she's the killer because that character nobody's interacting with him Yeah, he's clearly dead or he's been dead for X amount of years and she's the bad guy and that's all that's going on and everything that from that moment forward is ruined for you Yeah, but you don't care you don't care you can't care Yeah. also all the red herrings and everything are who's oh god there's so much mystery and I was like no I don't just, and just, do you think it's the worst part about the Falcon Winter Soldier because you're unhappy with how they managed the reveal or because of who the character was when the reveal happened? Oh, well, I mean, if that, if I didn't know, at least that the reveal would have had a little bit of weight, but I still don't think I would have cared. Yeah, you're not you're not a big fan of Sharon Carter. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I don't know. If anybody who's replaceable in it, it was her. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be Carly. It's definitely not going to be Sam. Yeah, I was disappointed that they decided to kill off Carly because I just there's a lot of potential. There. It needed it needed it needed gravitas. Yeah, and to read closure. And of course, they had the big monologue at the end, the hero monologue by Sam when he's talking to the senators that he saved. Yeah, and that had ways. He was able to you know, you can't he was able to talk about the her in sympathetic terms because she was dead for her beliefs. Yeah, and I saw she her death obviously did it did lend way to it. I, I feel the same as you, but it's Marvel. She's probably in a cryogenic chamber somewhere and she gets brought back and she gets an artificial spine implant or something, <laughs> wherever the hell is she got struck and she'll be fine. But uh, I do think her death landed, you know, it gave way to the scene. 
And so I did serve a purpose something you, in the narrative. Something you touched on there. Do you think um, because of this whole... I know it's a big thing with a big history in superheroes, but this whole reincarnation, for lack of a better term, of characters that die, do you think that takes away from the weight of deaths that you expect them to come back? Or what, what do you think? Of course it does. Of course it does. When there's no sense of actual finality to it, it does take away from 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 the sense of that. Um, it's like, you know, because now the show has introduced time, travel, magic, time, travel, and magic, <laughs> and reality, literally, literally able to report reality around themselves. More than one character as well. The Infinity Stone can do it, and Wanda <laughs> could do it. Um, Doctor Strange. So, yeah, Doctor Strange, I mean, Vision is dead. Dead, dead is Disco. Yeah, and no, he came back for six episodes. Now he's dead again. Except there's another vision that's out. That's probably vision. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, of course it does. It does take from it does take from it a little bit. Again, like Black Widow's dead, so obviously her film's coming out this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah film. In my opinion, it's about seven years too late in terms of the it's quality character. Ten, yeah, she she showed up in Iron Man too. Yeah, we got Scarlett Johansson in the part of people use her. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. like you got a world class uh, actress to play the part. Fucking use her. <laughs> yeah, you know, and she she's she's willing to do the work. She's always in great shape for it as well. Like, yeah, she's always really great for the action scenes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, I I I I, uh, I do think it takes away. I do think that's one thing that's not very heavy in it. Don't actually, I don't know. Obviously, the blip half the universe died. Not the, and they all came back. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah. So it's 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 trillions it's, of people come back. Trillions of people, yeah. So obviously that doesn't, but it never did again, and it never did, especially in Marvel. It didn't even particularly in DC. Yeah, and it never did in Marvel. I think Jean Grey has been dead. Something. What? Like the, what is dead? Five. May never die. The quote. Yeah. The quote. Um. Fucking the the Greyjoys from Game of Thrones. Do you know what's going on in X Men right now? Just so you said that they they're on an island that if they die, the island just they, they, the island just rejuvenates, as in brings them back, just spits them out like an egg. And they've just come back and they have all their memories. X-Men are now dying on the regular and it doesn't matter because they they just yeah. they just come back to life on yeah. the island. It's such a it's such a creative out. It's like a it's such a creative out. Yeah. Every in fact, some people are dying, but the last time that, that, that their memory their memory's kind of scratchy, so they're trying to figure out who killed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just trying to figure out their own murders. It's got it's gotten really silly. So but Marvel was always more silly in this aspect than DC, but nobody nobody in the entire of comicdom is is um You're not exact. Yeah, you're nobody. not dead till you're dead. It's like not dead. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, when we uh, when I look back at uh, the what you call it, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, my best would probably be in. Um. I love the the reveal. Um. Of Captain America, I just love the the like the the build up to it. Where it's kind of like, like what's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, and I just love that, and the the way they reintroduced the Wakandans. Because like I'm really interested to see how that's gonna play out um, after the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman. I just want to see what they're gonna do with that property because it's gonna be such a huge miss um, in going forward with that franchise and Marvel in general and the world in general because he's such a good guy, good actor. Um, and I'm just interested. I love the way they reintroduced the Wakandans, but not to get too sidetracked. My favorite part of the Falcon Winter Soldier experience would be the big reveal. I loved uh, the payoff. Uh, I love the way they built it up. Um, I, I actually like the new suit. I like the way it was like a perfect hybrid of the Falcon suit and the Captain America suit. I love the way um, like we touched, you touched on, instead of super strength, he uses like uh, the gadgetry and we're going to see a Captain America that's going to fight very differently. He's like, um, I, I believe, I, I assume because of Wakandans made it that his wings must be vibranium now. 
like the, like the shield. So he's obviously yeah. going to be able to use them in many more different ways. I love the way, like, in action sequences, the way, like, as I think you talked about a little bit earlier, was, like, that he kind of uses the wings to kind of wrap around him when he's being shot at and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I just love the, the way they incorporated both characters. The way you protect yourself instinctively with your arms. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you know what, what I mean? It's just another appendage, yeah. like, you know, and I love... Uh, yeah, he uses them for balance and things like that. Yeah, and know? I love the way he uh, deploys and, and uses Red Wing. He's, like, little robotic sidekick type guy. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love a good uh, and a little robot sidekick, like, you know, I'm a sucker for that. I'm a big, big Star Wars fan. You know what I mean? You can see where it came from. Like, you know, you know, so, oh, yeah, you know like, so um, but I love that shit. And I just love the the way he was revealed. Um, I really like the way they built up to it. Um, I, uh, I really like the, the incorporation of the shield into it, the way he fights in action sequences. And then he had his cool big um, hero speech at the end, which is always important when like it's the landmark moment, his big reveal of the new Captain America to the world. And I love the way at the end of the series that it changed from the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I thought that was really cool. Um, even though I don't understand why they keep calling Bucky the Winter Soldier because it's got such a negative connotation to it. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a guy that used to be a white supremacist or something stopped being a white supremacist and he's, he's moniker is a superhero <laughs> white supremacist. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah it, you know, that kind of way. It's like, uh, but I, I really enjoyed... Uh, everything about the show really because it's such a big action event with loads of real cool political storytelling and it hit a lot of notes that are very on point to what's going on in the world today but it's also been an exaggerated version of it which is what we kind of like and love about superheroes you said it's escapism at the end of the day um but i i loved captain america the big reveal i love sam wilson as the new captain america um and i like the way i'm really interested in seeing how it's going to move forward and and looking at it overall, I I my worst would be I I'm not so hard on Emily Van Camp because I I actually like her. Um, I think she's kind of cool. But uh, uh, my worst would be probably looking back, maybe just to harken back on your point that uh, I would have liked to see more of the Winter Soldier. I think you but the point you made was a really good point. Uh, he's so compelling, so interesting as a character because, as you said, it's like a ninety-year-old uh, super soldier assassin or something. It's like, mm. like if that's not a perfect pitch for an action movie, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, you know, so um, yeah, like so, I, I would have liked to see a bit more um, fleshing out with Bucky and a couple of other characters. But apart from that, fucking loved Falcon and Winter Soldier and it was ridiculously rewatchable. Considering I only watched the finale on Friday and I went back and rewatched it all again today, and you did yesterday yourself. And did you find it to be yeah, completely God. rewatchable like I did? Oh, my God. Well, I actually, uh, I'll be honest, I watched the sixth for the first time. Yeah. As in, I watched one, two, three, four, five, and then again, and then watched six. Cool. But yeah, I found it crazy rewatchable. It just worked. Yeah, it flows really nicely, like the Captain America movies really themselves. Nicely, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's a really perfect, it is a perfect extension of the Captain America trilogy, though, isn't it? Really is, yeah. Like, in tone, in scope, and in the way they incorporate the characters, while it's also keeping them grounded. I make like it's pretty much the whole Captain America thing is this grounded guy that can do extraordinary things and that's a real superhero an ordinary person that can do extraordinary things when called upon and that's what Falcon and the Winter Soldier emphasized perfectly I think and yeah. um but before we get the fuck out here and all I want to ask you there's just right hot on the presses half the presses um literally a few days ago right after the the finale wrapped up the Falcon and Winter Soldier the uh, uh the creator I think it's Carrie Scogland, um, one of the head writers anyway from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is going to co-write or co-create Captain America 4, 
which was a little nice little treat from Marvel because they love giving us fans nice little treats. Are you excited for this? What way do you think they'll go and who do you think might show back up in Captain America 4? Oh, God, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm wondering if they just keep it a little bit insular, you know, and make, make a Captain America 4, a lot of Captain America 2, where you have you had Black Widow and you had Winter Soldier and you had Nick Fury. It's like a spy story. And, uh, yeah, and while that sounds like a lot, it's really not. It's considered how many characters show up in, you know, Avengers films or Captain America Civil War, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think they might try and just just, just uh, dip his toes into the water. And uh, so I'd like to see maybe Spider-Man or something like that. But I just don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't you think. might see well, Asman, they have, to, have a little bit of history. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah, I was only watching that scene. It's <laughs> so funny, the fight scene between that man. I think you're a really great guy. <laughs> 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 I just thought it was tearing apart his tech and he's just like, not versus. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're a really good guy. But, um, but it's, yeah, see, the thing is, I'll, I'll tell you when I'll know. I'll tell you when I've been able to, when I know who the bad guy is. Yeah. You think it's called... the bad guy always? The bad guy always lets you know what the scope is. So, do you think Power Broker is the bad guy for Captain America 4? Oh. God, who I, who's Power Broker? Uh, <laughs> 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 I think they subtly <laughs> alluded to it that it may be. Let me check my notes. Uh, Sharon Carter am I pronouncing that correctly Sharon 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 Carter (laughs) that's a different character right there immediately (laughs) but um, yeah so who do you think you like you because you've got a really fucking deep knowledge of the comic books more so than I do like a lot of my because like you you can deep dive like a motherfucker when it comes to pulling out people's names do do you know are you deep on Captain America do you know a lot about Captain America's uh, I know a fair bit about Captain America I was always fond of him before he was really that central Um, who can we expect to see it's pretty much the long the short for the long you've you've had I don't know I'm trying to think because really you had um, Red Skull yeah and he's and they, tied with Steve Rogers. Him down, and they've even got rid of Zola, Aaron Zola, remember? Yeah. Um, you have Baron Strucker, maybe. He's um, dead. Ultron Strucker killed him. Is... Okay. I honest, then, you know what? Consider Bucky Barnes is the only other person I can think of. Ultron was Ooh, Bucky is the villain. No, that, they've done too much to get him as a Crossbones is dead as well. Yeah, he got killed. He got like severely killed if I remember correctly by Scarlet Witch yeah yeah yes. well he killed himself and she tried to contain the blast yeah yeah, yeah, so, oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know what Maybe I don't know I, I think I, unfortunately I, I talked a big game there but on those couple I kind of ran out and you forget that of course Captain America is his after fighting and you're thinking of Steve Rogers Rogue's Gallery and more so than Rogers, Sam Wilson you know, so he's, after, he's gone from Red Skull to even, you know, again, Crossbones and Batrock yeah. and guys like that, he's at least duped it out with them and yeah. they weren't big enough characters to have as the bad guy. So I don't know. They could go high concept. It could like he could be Wanda. It could be anything. He could be a team up. It could be yeah, I, I think I think Wanda will be the villain of Doctor Strange. I do, yeah. I think she's gonna yeah. going to I think she's going to be a villain again, uh, misguided and they'll save her at the end somehow. Or, or she'll like kill herself to, to prevent her whatever she did to kill it exactly. kind of like an Alfred Molina at the end of Spider-Man 2 spoiler alert, I guess but, um, you know what I mean like where he pretty much like eventually sacrificed himself to stop his technology from wiping out New York or whatever you know I think that might be a thing with her because I think Marvel now are looking at the really overpowered superheroes and I think they'll either die off or go to the wayside I think Captain Marvel I believe even though I like her more than a lot of people I, I dig Brie Larson 
I think her days are numbered. I think she'll get a trilogy. She'll be killed off or she'll die off. And we'll see a Miss Miss Marvel. She'll replace her eventually. Someone that will be more relatable, more grounded. And I think you'll see that a lot with Thor. He will go by the wayside in a few more movies. I'm so, I think Thor number four, Love and Thunder. I think it was one more movie than Marvel ever planned for Thor. But because of the relationship, uh, Chris Hemsworth. And he's so, Chris, Chris Hemsworth has grown into Thor better than any character near the actors grown into their character. And now they have Taika Waititi tied to that franchise. It's only going to go from strength to strength because he's a ledge. And um, I just think that Marvel are going to go through process maybe over the next few years of separating the grounded characters with the super overpowered characters. Um, Kevin Feige alluded to something like this, that the, the, the villains will be, some will be cosmic and some will be more earthbound. So I see this overpowered characters will either die off or they'll be completely separated from the more realistic, grounded characters. Yeah. And they'll have like a... Sin- because the scale is huge. Sinister Six. Like, there's Sam Sam has has Captain America's shield, a really high-tech suit, and Wanda can literally create a world around her as she sees... That's straight. why Doctor Strange uh, will have to go against her. It's power sets. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's power sets. I'm after looking at my Captain America villains here, and I, I've narrowed it down. It's either going to be some... some a nice, grounded character like Hatemonger, a clone of Adolf Hitler, or... <laughs> Or, uh, <laughs> well, it's it's let it's no more it's no more it's no more on the nose than Killmonger. That's that's uh, some moniker. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong yeah. there. Uh, porcupine, a weapon designer clad in porcupine-like <laughs> Come on, Captain America, try harder. Like, as obviously nobody was trying as hard as Ed Brubaker when he created Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? It's like Brubaker, yeah, were you carrying there. Captain America by yourself? <laughs> I did not know you were doing such a big job over there, Brubaker. Just like that word, I'm gonna keep saying it. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I just I, I have a feeling uh the the more earth based characters will eventually team up against the Sinister Six. I can see that happening. And because uh Winter Soldier and Spider Man and uh Captain who is now Captain America, Sam Wilson, they have a bit of a history from that fight in Berlin. Ant Man has a bit of a history with Sam. So there's your new Avengers, I think, on the Earth. And Sword will take care of what's going on in the cosmic. So Sword are going to become the new shield and they're going to be the more cosmic version, I think. And there'll be a cosmic threat. Maybe it'll build Fantastic Four. Maybe Galactus will be your cosmic threat. Or maybe Gore. I'm not sure if he'll make it out the new Thor movie, but um, the God Butcher. Marvel managed to make Thanos and Captain America fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? They managed to build up for him being wordy and meow or whatever you have. Yeah. They, meow, they, meow. They, obviously, they probably don't. <laughs> 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 Fucking love Kat Dennings. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> Every time I see her now, I don't even, like, I, I never remember her name is Darcy until we did WandaVision. I just call her Meow, meow. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh my God, Meow, meow. She's <laughs> a fucking legend. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I tell you, all eyes, all eyes on that. Um, yeah, so like the villain is not so clear, and I'm not, I'm not like I don't have much of a knowledge uh, on Captain America. Well, I, 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 you know, I went through five or six in my head, and then you realize in some massive or, capacity or some smaller capacity, he's fought and defeated them. Yeah, see, the thing is as well, and they're so linked to Steve that it's hard. Like, um, like, yeah. And when you look at Red Skull, that's Steve. You look at Batroc, even though he'll carry over nicely to Sam because he doesn't. He's not a super soldier himself. For him and um, oh no, he died. What am I thinking? He got shot. Emily Van Camp shot him. Fucking Sharon Carter shot him at the end of the finale. Spoiler alert, I guess. But like, so he's gone. Maybe I suppose we didn't see his dead body afterwards. But like, unless they look at what Marvel do, they're kind of clever. They've got such a deep pool of rogues galleries through all the different characters. They might uh, retroactively fit a villain from a different superhero. 
and make him a Captain America villain. They might have a strong villain they haven't used yet um, and they might not get an opportunity to use him for that superhero because maybe their story is told. Kind of like the way the Mandarin, because of the shit job they did in Iron Man 3 with the Mandarin, that they're like, oops, sorry, we're going to actually have a Mandarin in Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? A demon or a the Cosmic Cube can make a Hydra, Captain America, anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the limit is your imagination, really. Yeah, exactly. Like So like, I think... It's hard looking back on Captain America's Rogues Gallery because it's so linked to Steve Rogers to predict, to use it to predict what's going to happen with Sam Wilson as Captain America, Captain America 4. But it definitely should be cool to see it do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of transplant a character from another superhero's Rogues Gallery and use that and maybe try to create this new rivalry. And, and, and Zemo might come back, but I can see Zemo slowly turning into this anti hero that they love doing with the likes of Loki. Maybe he's going to be like the Earthbound Loki. Because Loki killed 80 people in four days as the tallest in Avengers Assemble. And everybody was like, can we dig Loki? And everybody was upset yeah. when he died. Well, like, he killed 80 people. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's it. That's, that, it's, it's redemption arcs. They can do them very easily. Yeah, so um, that could happen with Baron Zemo that he'll become like an Earthbound Loki or something. And he'll be like... The new fo- common enemy, yeah, like they kind of did already touch upon the enemy the of my enemy is my friend, the <laughs> enemy of my enemy <laughs> is my friend. MVP, solid writing, solid movie. I will, just a solid, movie. just a solid movie, all around solid movie. That's all I'm going to say. No, <laughs> she's extremely solid, like, extremely. <laughs> just- like just good it's like just do you know good. the way we talk about solid movies and I, like if i you go to me hey dude can you name a solid movie straight off the top of my head like avp extremely solid movie <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. but um so so noel before we get the fuck out of here are you excited for captain america for um i know it's a how bit murky it? but how it's going to turn out because we don't know a lot about the rogues gallery as much as we would about other uh, superheroes but um uh, when do you think we're going to see it for one and you Ooh. They've just announced it, so I'd say you're going to talk about 30 months, two and a half years, kind of. And do you, feel, I'd say. Do you think they already had a place for it in the slate of upcoming movies, but they just didn't announce yeah. it because they wanted it to be a surprise? I wonder if they've, well, I'd say, I don't know if they've gone to the drawing board. I suppose a lot of it is uh, already planned. They want to see, yeah, they planned it. I'm sure now that this is this has landed and it wasn't a thud, um, that yeah, they're, they're, it's, they're, they've got ideas. They're, they're, but they're you know they're playing coy with us and god knows that we can't complain because they've released a slate of what they're going to be doing for the next two years yeah oh so you're not like oh wow they're they're really playing they're really not showing us anything yes they are and <laughs> they just don't happen to be showing you this yet just to use what you said to segue nicely like and you mentioned that the slate they have come out and they showed it to us and that's what we'll talk about next time on dark side of the moon we're going to look at all the upcoming projects and then the ones that recently released in marvel universe no shortage of them, uh, no shortage of them is right and we're, we're going to go over them in great detail because we love this kind of shit and that'll be the next time on dark side of the moon so if you want to hear what we think about what's coming up next for marvel you heard about what we thought about what has already occurred and what just happened but you want to know what is tune in next time and um noel before we get the fuck out of here have you got anything more to say about the falcon winter soldier we just book no i think we i think we can book and uh thanks for staying with us thanks for spending this time with us we know you have your choice of podcasts thank you for flying with dark side of the moon yeah this is dark side of the moon we're a couple of zeros talk about your favorite heroes i'm your host vincent green he's your host noel john tootie let's get the fuck out here noel see you next time motherfuckers noel last word